Thank God it wasn't an ink pen. Uh, what's your malfunction? Nothing to throw at you. Oh, you <laughs> lost your balls, huh? Man. No fun if I can't pick up Bob. I've always wanted to, like, get, like, a thing from Staples of just, like, those big erasers and just keep them in my car so, like, if someone's aggravating, I just need to get, like, for whatever reason, like... I want to keep rotten tomatoes in my, in my car so I can throw them at people. It's even better. And as you guys bring this stuff up, I'm thinking an eraser, like, that, like that's got to hurt someone. Well, how about, like, a ping-pong ball or... Well, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that, like... <laughs> Maybe he's, fucking... he's hoping it'll be, like, an, a magic eraser and it'll, like, erase the person. Oh, that would be funny. Or maybe as a kid, he got hit with erasers by a teacher oh, when he was talking. No, no, a uh, teacher never threw like erasers at me, but That's my dad sad. threw rocks. So, oh my oh, god, well. a different time. Like my dad, like <laughs> his fingers were getting snapped at the rulers when he was a kid. And like I went to school, I'm like, is that gonna happen to me? And they're like, so he no, has, we can't touch you. He had you. to pass it on. Yeah, no, he just had to teach me the same discipline, and then I joined the military, and they taught me more. I'm like, great. Oh, good. <laughs> at least you're prepared for it. Oh, always prepared. So, Bob, you said rotten tomatoes. The minute I heard that, I'm thinking. Fruit flies in my car, and my hand is going to be awful. Tupperware. Oh. Okay, that's part of it. But yeah, then yeah. my hand will be all goopy, and what are you going to do? Wipe it on your pants after you throw it out the window at someone? Well, you know, you're kind of a slob sometimes, and <laughs> <laughs> so that would work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I would think I would love a little maybe Nerf gun, dart gun or something maybe. Sometimes just be like, are you kidding me? You just said that. Pop. You have to aim below the neck. That'd be kind of fun. Didn't you used to have, we used to play war back in the day, didn't we? We'd, war? We'd, yeah, with guns and stuff, like BB guns and... Um, no, I played James Bond. Oh. Yeah. 007, actually. Yeah, I had this old um, plastic, it was like kind of like a Fisher-Price uh, turntable. The turntable was no longer in it, so it was just a plastic briefcase, and inside had a whole bunch of my gadgets that i picked up and they you know each one had a specific task that's pretty cool like what were some of your gadgets well uh an army belt buckle um it was a brass belt buckle because my father was in the military and that was a laser and you know you held it kind of like in your and the belt buckle was a laser so cool yeah yeah um let's see i had um god what other things did i have in there I don't know. They were like string and stupid things like that. I was a little kid. It was, yeah, like probably you know what a paperclip and things you could yeah. do stuff with, right? I was like, I was MacGyver gadgets. before MacGyver came out. Yeah, I wow. Like that. Yeah. I like it. Maybe a jackknife or a pocket knife or something. I'm not sure if I was allowed to use knives at eleven. No, nine. Nine. Nine years old. I think I got my first one when I was ten, and the first thing I did with it was slice my fucking thumb open. Oh, see, <laughs> I bet that was a regret. Uh, because my parents Last were like, "All right, week. we got you a little um, pocket knife, like a Swiss Army knife." I was like, "Oh, sweet, my first knife." And then my sister's like, oh, "I can't open my uh, Christmas present." I was like, "I got you. I got a new <laughs> knife." And first thing I did is like cut through. I didn't learn the lesson like cut away from your body towards your buddy. So like, <laughs> I ended up just. Cutting a good chunk is, of my thumb, I was like, "Great!" Is that what they teach you in the military? Cut away from your body towards your buddy. Yeah, because you can you can get a new buddy. You can't get a new body. <laughs> <laughs> we have a strange voice in the room with us today. He jumped right in, just like as I like it. Jacob Mara's with us. He's from Rochester. 
Uh, him and I have gotten to know each other over the last, I don't know, year or so, I guess, uh, just through social se- settings. Uh, he's a kind guy, always has a great smile. Him and I have lots of good chit-chats, especially around Dragonfly, which is one of the good establishments downtown where a good group of friends of mine work and play and interact. Uh, we also had one of our podcast guests, our dragon lady, our, our world's strongest woman, Miranda, was on, and, uh, and, and Jacob's a friend of hers as well. So, Jacob, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. I was really excited on my way here just to finally be on a podcast and talk about my life with you and everything. I'm excited. I like it. I, I like that more people are really excited to be on podcasts and want to be on podcasts because it's such a different medium, right? Yeah, I'd agree. Like, <clears throat> someone offered me a radio interview once, someone I work with, and uh, I was like, oh, that would be great. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, wait, I can't. I got to censor myself. And one thing I'm very, very bad at is censoring myself. So, like, especially when I do stand-up, like, I just, I don't, like, people are like, oh, you can't use this word, this word, or this word. And I believe, I believe in context. Like, if it ha- if it's based on the context of what you're talking about, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. It's not like you're destroying it completely. I mean, there's certain, there's a way to say everything. So that's. And it's funny that usually if someone gets blamed for saying something or, or all of a sudden a wave of bad, bad comes on it, it's usually that it was taken out of context. Like the comment was taken, you just heard five words of like a, a paragraph and, and right, it's because exactly. you only saw those five words, it's taken out of context. So it's funny the way you say that. Right. Cause people want to like see what they want to see. So it's like, if you take something, you know, and it's has nothing to do with the topic, but it's because it's in there for like a brief second. It's like, well, they said this and it's like, okay, well, did you listen to the whole thing or just that? No, just in one sentence. Cause that's what made me happy mm-hmm. and prove their point. Happy, sad or justified what they're talking about. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's the way it goes. So, uh, where are you from? Where were you brought up? Raised? So I was born in Fairport and then in third grade, I moved to Webster and I've lived in Webster my whole life. Um, these are I, two suburbs of Rochester for those of you who don't live around the Rochester area. Fairport is kind of, uh, South Eastern Rochester. And then Webster is where life is worth living. <laughs> right by the lake. That's yeah, the, the best part about it. I'd say. It is. It's just on the other side of Aronaquay <clears throat> Bay as ge- geography goes. Um, so how old are you, sir? So I'm 23 as of a couple of weeks ago. Oh, con- congratulations. He's a wee lad. <laughs> he is a wee lad. I like these babe. wee lads that uh, that understand life, though, and have a good perspective on things. It means these, they were paid attention a long time ago. Uh, and you're 23, and you've had military service already. Like, this is awesome. Uh, we're going to have a lot to pull out of you now. So you, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? No, I got, I'm, the, uh, I'm the oldest of four. So my uh, other sister is 19, and then Ben and Sam, they're twins, Uh, They just turned 16 like a couple of months ago. How cool. You guys must have some fun together. Oh, we definitely do. But it's it's crazy to see like the age difference because I'm seven years older than my youngest siblings. So it's crazy to see like how he interprets social media compared to like what it was when I was growing up because like Facebook was new when I was in middle school. So it's like, oh, this is cool. I mean, we had MySpace before, but uh, that's a little sketchy. So. No, you're right. Yeah, so you you were at those beginning stages of Facebook, that's right. And then you probably graduated graduated then to Instagram and Snapchat, right? You're yeah, Instagram, there Snapchat, more Twitter. Yeah. On Twitter, I always forget Twitter because I've never been on it. I don't intend to ever go on it. I, I have a Twitter. I haven't used it in like five years. You don't want to tweet? No. I mean, I love the word tweeting. I think tweeting is really cool as a word. Have you heard the word? Yeah, you know, I heard the word. Bird is the word. The bird's the word, and you tweet. 
just like what was it? What's it? Tweety Bird? <laughs> Come on, Tweety Bird's the best. That yellow little yellow guy. Yeah. I think I saw a pudding tit. Yeah. So, so Bob, what's your what's your perspective? Have you ever um, been on Twitter? Nope. Have you ever thought about it? Been nope. Never crossed my mind. Yeah, me neither. It's crazy. Nope. Yeah, I don't know why that one platform never gravitated to me or, or never like maybe say, oh, I want, really want to sign up for this. So I guess it was just because everybody had such a small, what is it, 23 words or whatever that I don't even know what limit is because I've been on there, but it's a small limit. You could say whatever the heck you want and get out. Yeah, exactly. When I see that little blue bird, I, I think it's like foreign, like Canadian. And I'm like, <laughs> that's way out of my range. I can't handle anything Canadian. So I actually recently wrote a joke about Canada and because I went... uh went to a bachelor party up there recently and like they really like smoking pot so like that was like one of their biggest reasons to go They're like oh we can get it legal up there i'm like get the same shit like down here we can go somewhere else <laughs> but like it was it's not an, it's not an issue obviously it wasn't a problem for me but we uh-huh. get up there and they were too stoned to do anything <laughs> like i was like oh it's our last day in canada like what do you guys want to go do like i just want to sleep i'm like Dude, we just got a little high last night and this morning. Like, what are we doing? I'm like, let's go do a mirror maze. Like, high. Like, that sounds like a lot of fucking fun. Oh, mirror maze would be sweet. Like, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, mm. let's. Like, everyone was on board, and then the t- like the best man and the groom were like, no, we're gonna sleep all day. I was like, wow. Jesus Christ. So we just walked around, just went to a couple like a brewery down there and all that, but it was fun. All right, so I, I, that's a great story, actually, because I'm looking at that story and I'm thinking, okay, those guys don't have high THC often in their life. Nope. And when they did, it was like, and they probably are maybe stressed, working really hard, guys that are constantly going, going, going. Yeah, right? no, they are. They're, right. One's an EMT, one works for a... Uh, so at the end of the day, they got, they got their medicine and it did probably what it needed it to. Right. It just My buddy's an engineer. It's helped him with projects and shit, so... Yeah, so so it just so happened that they needed that time to sleep, and here you are, you're revved up wanting to go because you... I don't smoke that often. Yeah. I don't smoke that often, so I'm like, oh, this is cool, this is exciting, this is new. I've never been to Canada before that I can remember, you know what I mean? So we drive, you know, I, we drive up there, get up there, I'm like, all right, cool, like, let's... You know, they got go-karts right across the street, like... They got fucking mirror mazes up the ass down here, a bunch of breweries, like got some beers. Like I brought out a lot of cash to spend cash on this. Is that the Niagara, yeah, it's a Niagara Falls sign? Yeah, yeah we just we were, yeah. yeah, we just went right over the border from Niagara Falls. It was very fun, but like, you know, everyone like has like a stereotype for people and shit. And Canada, it's like ah, oh, like a, all that kind of stuff. And like they're just uber nice for no reason, and like all this other stuff. But like, and I, I don't believe in that like i don't believe if i go to toronto it's gonna be like that exactly you know I'm, there's assholes everywhere <laughs> yeah of course um but like right over the niagara border every stereotype i like i do this in my stand i'm like all right everyone close your eyes think of every canadian st- stereotype that's exactly what it's like over niagara it's like it's right there um also canada has 13 provinces and three of them their biggest killer when it comes to animals are moose and deer the moose and deer kill people? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The highest, like, casualty rate in oh. three. It's, like, Nova Scotia, Kingston. Uh, I forgot the last one. And you know why, those? though? Think about it. Those are three of the least populous, probably, provinces, too. So, moose, they're in the middle of the road. You're done. Like, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen a moose? No, not live. 
Really? I'm, yeah, I'm so mad. That's the one thing I have not seen live in my life. They're like stupid tall. They're like 13, 14 feet tall, not yeah. including uh, the antlers. Never seen moose live. Never. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. You need to get back out in Yellowstone. Trust me, or out to Maine. They're in Maine now. They're in New yeah, Hampshire. Yeah, they're yeah. in Vermont. They're yeah. starting to come to New York. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. They're starting to wander. I know. That's why, like in my stand-up, I'm like, I believe in a wall, provided it's on the <laughs> northern border, to pre- prevent moose casualties. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Forget about anything else. Just keep the moose out. <laughs> wow. You could even add to that joke. Yeah, you go through Vermont, you see the moose crossing signs and danger signs. And exactly like, it's coming from. to New York, everybody. It's a wave. <laughs> it's a wave. It's starting in the Northeast and coming to a city near you. Right. <laughs> Love it. So military-wise, um, being the oldest, this is, this is kind of interesting that you went military because you're always got to be the responsible one. You probably had to help raise kids, right? Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, military, like... Why that path? So my father joined the military. He was first crew on the Theodore Roosevelt, which is an aircraft carrier, 71. It actually was blown up in the uh, battleship movie. Uh, that was like the first ship to go. And it was also destroyed in a Transformers movie as well. Because my dad points the ship out every time we watch a, a naval movie or any kind of war movie. It's the first thing he points out. He's like, 71, it's my ship. <laughs> so he knows just by glancing at it on the water that yep. it's his ship. He's like, that's my ship. I'm like, how do you know? It like turns around, it's like 71 right there. Boom, told you. I was like, fuck, sorry. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cool though? Yeah. And like my gra- my gra- my grandfather, my father grew up calling me a uh, shipmate, which is like a friendly thing to others in the military, or at least during his time period. Now it's like, hey, shipmate. And it's like, get the fuck over here. And you know you're in trouble. It's like, because mm-hmm. it's not a kind thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's derogatory. It's turned right. into a dog. But back in the day, it was like, you're my mate. Like, Yeah, like hey, you're shipmate. my best friend. Like, I die for you. And now it's like, hey, piece of <laughs> get- Hey, hot trash, get over here. So the 71, so tell me about your dad's experience. Then. So he must have had a cool experience on that. So trip, he like. was an orographer's mate, uh, third class. So he was an orographer's mate. He loved it. So like even growing up, I remember he would be like, he's like, that's a culonimbus. I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, I was an orographer's mate. We had to like tell the weather. So his job was to get weekly like temperature drops and like how the weather's going to be in the middle of the ocean. Um, and that was his job to report it to the CO directly. The CO is the commanding officer. He's the head of the head of the ship. He's like he's the captain essentially. Um, and he'd give the reports, and that's how they made because it was you know you got planes and helicopters taking off it all day, so it was for the flight deck. Um, so they know when to send their planes out. And uh, I'm trying to remember the conflict. No, what kind of did they back then? Did they have radar? And they probably had what thermometers that went in the water. I mean, did they have radar then? Yeah. Well, when I was in the military, I remember we had this device. I forgot what it's called, but what they do is they we uh, throw a J bar davit, which is like pretty much exactly what it sounds like a J, but mm-hmm. it can swing. So like we would put it on that, toss it in the ocean, and then reel it back up, and it would tell us like what the water's going to be like today, like how the tide is and just like all this, you don't oh. think like people can do that. Like, isn't it, it's like determine the tide, how the waves are going to, like just everything. It tells the weather. To, it's a crazy device because we hold it out, you know, in the air and in the water as it's being towed. My buddy, actually one of my better friends on the ship, um, he, it was his job because he was, so my rate was mineman, but being a mineman, you fill the billet, of every other job on the ship um, because my ship was 242 feet long of Douglas fir and fiberglass mixture um, because some mines are detected through, uh, what is it, uh, the magnetic signature. It will pick up on that and then it will go off. Um, 
So well, what was it made of? Fiberglass? Fiberglass and Douglas fir. Oh, we called cool. it Douglas fighting fir. Hmm. Um, but it was just an interesting experience because like with our jobs, um, he was part of the sonar technician division and I was part of the deck division. So deck was like the bosun's mates. They would take care of the entire ship. Um, we all kind of learned security. So that's why I do it now. So like we were trained as, cause we had to be our own MAs. There's only like probably seven rates total on the ship. So we had to fill the billet of a lot of different ones, like the gunner's mates, the MAs, the bosun's mates, sonar techs, operation specialists. Um, you know, just something that the ship for the, for the good of the ship. Um, so with me being deck, that's where I got like my security experience. And I did like two courses in that, which was like a basic course and then an advanced course. Uh, the basic course you get pepper sprayed and, um, it's 15 million, uh, Julians on like that scale of that heat scale. Police grade is 5 million, but Fifteen million. That's three times. Yeah. And and your eyes are closed, and it's still affecting you because you're keeping them closed. Do you have any goggles or any protection at all? So when we carry it, no. But like during the course, because we had to get sprayed and then run a whole course. Um, so they sprayed us in like a Z pattern across the eyes, through the nose, and across the mouth. And uh, that's actually I sprayed someone the other day at work. Some guy we threw out, but. You know, they spray us, we run the course, and then we have our um, security reaction training force uh, certificate at the end of that. So it's a cool experience getting sprayed, though. I've never been tased. I want to just to know what it feels like. and I can carry one, but... Uh, okay, so what percentage of um, peers, security guards, uh, do you think carry tasers? Honestly, it's... So depending on where you work and the asset you're protecting... Um, it, it varies. So like being a bouncer, uh, right now I was given, you know, authority to carry cuffs and spray because, you know, you're a bouncer at a bar, like you're going to see a fight, you're going to see something go out of whack and something you're not able to control. So like I carry pepper spray in case of like crowds or if someone like threatens my life. Um, and that's what the guy did this, this, uh, couple weekends ago. So he actually threatened your life. Yeah. So we were, we were throwing him out and, uh, He's like screaming at us and uh, Wolfie, another bartender I work with, uh, she's pulling out of the parking lot and it's very narrow. So she honks at him and that's exactly what I wanted her to do because I figured it might, you know, help the situation at all. But yeah, then he so like turns to her. He's like, you want to fucking go, bitch. And I was like, I'm not having it. So I pulled my spray out. I'm like, how about you step the fuck down? And he goes, you want to fucking die tonight? And he reaches behind his back as if he has a, a gun on him. And I was like, fuck. Like, that's yeah. not how I wanted the night to go, you know, getting shot. So my, the first thing out of my mouth is, you know, obviously I have the fuck, he might have a gun. Yeah. The next words out of my mouth are not like, hey, let's talk about it. Like, hey, let's relax. Like, you just got thrown in the bar and you're being, you know, aggressive. It was, I'd love to see you fucking try. And then he swings on me and I didn't know if he was pulling out a gun. I was, you know, obviously nervous and I zed him in the face with my pepper spray. And then he spun down like a cartoon character and ran away. <laughs> wow. That must have rattled your nerves. Oh, that they, they're like, stay inside the rest of the night. Like, don't go out until we leave. And we didn't leave till like four that morning. So, all right. Did your military training instinct, how quick did it take? I, I would say... So I had the pepper spray train on him very fast after he yelled at Wolf. Um, 
but like I said, like in the military, I never had to use the spray because we mostly deal with contractors or like people want to tour the ship if it's a fleet week. Um, so, I mean, it, you kind of like when you're working in front of the ship, it's, uh, they work at kind of airport security. So like if you leave a bag lying around like you're going to get screamed at because you don't know what's in it. You check bags, you scan them, you do all this shit. And especially because our ship is wooden and deals with uh, underwater explosives, these bombs that will rest in the under the sand in the bottom of the ocean will detect the magnetic signature. So if there's something that we're not expecting to have on board, it could affect our minesweeping capabilities. So I want to talk about the minesweeper a little bit more. That is so intriguing. How did you end up on a minesweeper, and in what waters is that type of activity critical? So it's very critical in, like, Vietnam and uh, Bahrain and, like, the Japanese waters because, you know, Bahrain is close to Saudi Arabia where the current conflict is going on. And then you have Japan, Vietnam, South Korea, all that, and... You know, those World War One, World War Two. the first underwater mine was invented in, I think, 1893 by David Bushnell. He also invented the first prototype for a submarine. Um, I may be iffy on the dates. I'm pretty sure it's... We got Bob. That's what we got Bob. Perfect. Um, but he created uh, a flintlock system in a beer, bar- uh, beer barrel. And, you know, it gets rocked by the ship. It's a floating mine. That's what they're made for. So they float on the top of the water. And when it hits a shit, the flintlock system is activated and ignites the gunpowder. So this is incredible. So I always knew there was mines, but I guess in my mind, I have not heard of a mine explosion in the water in a news story. In, in my actually, mind, well, it actually happened. Re- there was please, a couple yeah. of them uh, over in Japan, a... a cra- uh, Cargo crate got hit, like, really bad. It, like, blew out the side of it. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other ones. A cargo ship, you mean? Yeah, a cargo a ship. ship. Yeah, no, it's okay. So um, my question is, was that left over from, like, World War? Like, So that's what's so scary about mines is that they, <clears throat> they're they so cheap and they're a scare tactic. <clears throat> Sorry. Take some water. You're good. Um, uh, scare- did you figure out, did you see the date yet for the uh, underwater mines when they when they... We're originally. I'm curious. I've never thought about this before. If you look up David Bushnell, now um, are there buried mines and floating mines both, or just floating mines? So both, actually. Some are super intelligent pieces of uh, pieces of war. Honestly, so you have floating mines, and they have like these uh, pegs on them. And when those pegs are snapped, it's like a grenade almost. It's like pulling the pin on a grenade. That's when it detonates. The, uh, there's, and they snap pretty easy if a boat hits the side. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that picture in oh, movies and stuff. Right? Like, rocked, that's yeah. the double seven movies I think I've seen. You know, right, exactly. They're not pictures. like super sensitive. Um, like a like a spiked the, ball. Looks like a spiked ball in the water. Yeah. Well, that's a um, or, that's a I think it's a European uh, sea mine actually. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, no, it's all the same thing. Like, have you ever watched uh, Finding Nemo? That's that scene with the submarines. That's like people are like, oh, what's a mine man? I'm like, well, no one knows what a under what a mine looks like. You know what I mean? They're actually mostly deployed through planes. A lot of people think I was on a submarine, like going in and getting these mines, but we have technology on board to do that for us, so we don't have to be in a sub. How far does a a ship like yours be able to search underneath you for mines? Uh, I don't remember. 
it's i got out about a year ago so i haven't had to use any of this information no, no, you're good yeah but no, it goes pretty deep and like we have a, like a towing system that like catches the chain or the uh wire so that you have something that actually uh, you can lower down into the ocean we, yeah we tow it into the water and mm -hmm. then it like clips onto it and it's almost like a gunshot and cuts it it's like shooting an anvil at it and it just cuts the chain cuts the mine and then pops out of the water we actually did rim pack in 2016 oh so these mines are actually like attached to the floor of the yeah ocean? they have like an anchor and then it's tethered so it just rests oh this there's other mines they deploy from planes and they bury themselves in the sand and they'll go off like acoustically magnetically uh seismically and um magnetically so like it can go some of our some are so sensitive that if you are to, are speaking in the ship and there's no other na noise it'll go off that's the way they and those are left over from a long time like they can world war ii world war one vietnam I knew landmines were an issue over there that people Vietnam, still pulled yeah. landmines out. There's crews that still pull landmines out. And they Vietnam still work. Just, That's the yeah. thing with a mine. You look at it, you don't know if it's dormant or active. I mean, I didn't realize in the water because in the water, I'm thinking at some point they got to seep in the electric and it has to be fouled up. Military by grade. So <laughs> crazy. That's amazing. So where were you stationed? Like, where did you get the patrol? I was stationed in San Diego. So the biggest things we have to deal with are like, homemade explosives in the water but like we obviously in california they're not really looking to do that because they go to the beach all the fucking time you know what i mean mm -hmm. so, so basically uh when you were stationed in the u.s you were just going up and down the coastline just with the yeah we traveled all the way up to like portland san fran san diego so it was very very cool uh cool experience i never was able to go to portland but um san fran was my favorite city out in california and being stationed in San Diego, it was fun, like, the first few months. But then I'm like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, go to the beach again? <laughs> you know, it's, like, gorgeous weather like we have today. You know what I mean? Just year-round. Yeah, every day is a groundhog day. Gotcha. What you got, Bob? What's that? What you got? All right, so the first plan for a sea mine in the West was presented to Queen Elizabeth I in 1574. Oh, that was a little, little off. That's okay. No worries. We like it. I think it was, that's definitely like that's American revolutionary though, yeah, yeah. though. That's probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Keep going, Bob. Uh, weapons know, Bob. of this type were apparently tried by the English in 1627. There's a lot of history here. Bring it on. I want to learn. I've never 1812, even about this Russian engineers exploded an underwater mine using an electric current. 1842 used an electric detonator to destroy a moving vessel. Uh, that's pretty wild. Yeah. So I, I had a feeling it had something to do with the British back in the day. Or, yeah. Or back, but well, it, it seems it to also, me you can actually go ahead. Go, go ahead. It also says, you know, the Japanese had a version of it in the 16th century. I don't, I don't, Maybe they just taught us American history then. That seems to be, be the. Be and it absolutely then. could be that that it was, but at the end of the day, we're learning something new. It doesn't matter how we got introduced right. to the subject. Keep going. We Bob. probably perfected it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, look at us. Yeah. That's what we do. Top of the world, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We'll let Bob look up the U.S. history of it and see if it's closer. But it doesn't matter. This is all cool. So I'm right. Just real quick, I'm thinking about you could protect your whole shoreline. So like the yep. the invasion of Normandy 
we would have had to have our mine men go in first to get the mines out just to open up a wedge to get yeah. to the beach, What's right? Funny though is the mine men, the rate uh, was developed in 1942 because of parts of Normandy where they had those mines out, you know, like especially for that invasion, that huge invasion. So, now, is it, can you blow the mines up ahead of time? Is that another tactic? The first, uh, like, way to get rid of a mine back then in that age was to literally shoot it and that's i mean it obviously worked but now we have people who we will like take them from other countries break them down see how they tick and then throw them back in the water if if need be obviously we don't use mines mines are super cheap but you know there's not a whole lot of naval battles it's all ground battles especially in you know iraq where they don't have a navy you know so I mean? you're saying uh, you've never seen us have any mines ourselves in possession of, well, other we, than what we've gotten from other people or cleaned up? Well, sometimes. So, like, we obviously put them back or reuse them, you know, just to save on cost. I mean, not like they're very expensive to begin with. There's, like, I think you can buy them for, like, 400-some-odd dollars. I don't know. That's what I was learning through A-School. It may or may not be right, but... All right, so... How do you mark the mines if you put them out? Uh, well, they all have computer chips in them now, so it's like that's one way we we can monitor where it's at or where it's going, all that, provided it's a contact mine, like a floating mine. But the Geneva Convention prohibits, like, a floating mine to be out more than an hour. Yeah, that, I was going to say, because like I, I mean, I'm trying, that, yeah, cause I'm trying to think, uh, you guys probably would just have mines out there if your fleet was sitting for the night or something like that. I mean, you wouldn't have it near No, they're more for, like, specific naval battles. Like, um, I'm trying to think of one. Like, they would just put them out if they knew they were coming. That's, like, the term, or the way you would use a floating mine is, like, hey, this shit's coming to our shores. Like, let's send a few out. But most of them are deployed through aircraft now. They used to be uh, kicked off the ship. Just, there you go. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you would say, okay, there's a there's another fleet coming behind us. Let's leave a couple on our trail, and then we'll stop, and hopefully they stop near those mines that at least a couple of them get hit. Yeah, more or less so. I never got super into the no. like tactics of it, more so how to Now, did you go overseas? Perform. Did you get deployed overseas at all? No, I, right as I was getting out, um, they were talking about sending some people to Bahrain and everything, but I was, I was like, oh, I'd love to go. They're like, are you getting out? And I'm like, still getting out. They're like, then you're not going to Bahrain because it would extend my contract. Yeah, they would extend another four or five years over, right? Something like that. Yeah. Did you ex- enjoy the experience? I loved it. I think it was a great experience. I met a lot of good people. People I still talk to. People who, you know, encouraged me to do the stand up and. Um, it was a very good experience. I mean, it stacked my resume as a 23-year-old. You know what I mean? I can get... I used to work corporate security Xerox. And, like, you know, I, I feel like it really helped me out. It kind of filled in the whole college gap. You know what I mean? You just put that under a education tab and then what you've done with it. But if you've never done anything with it, that's the problem a lot of kids my age are having because they get internships that are unpaid and it fucks them over. Yeah, so you made some money, You're and, and the way you're living is you save money, you don't spend as much, you save really what you make. And then number two, did you earn any credits towards college? I did, actually. So when you go to boot camp, you get like eight or nine college credits, and then depending on your job school and your job training, uh, you get more credits from that. So I think from my A school, it was like 12 or 13 college credits. Mm-hmm. And then from my A school, which was a, it's called apprentice technical training, 
and it's a, a the equivalent of a two-year associate's degree in electrical engineering in like eight, ten weeks. And did you accrue any money to use towards education or don't yeah, you in Yeah, so, years? well, you get your GI Bill. So mm-hmm. you, people think it's free, it's really not free. You like slowly kind of pay towards it to like earn it. It's like two grand. So your first few, your first uh, couple years, you know, you're putting that into it. And then it's like, here you go. And you actually, if you fail a class using your GI Bill, you pay for that class. The military will only cover uh, classes you pass. Mm-hmm. Do you have any intent of using it for maybe learning a trade or? or you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday, and uh, I was like, "Man, I, I kind of don't know if I want to go back to school." Because part of me is like, "I don't know what I would go back for 100." percent But another part of me is like, "I do love history, so if I did go back, I'd probably go to teach history." So. Yeah, that's probably my one regret. I think I, I wish I was a teacher. I wish I'd get my education degree. Only because I could see that in you too. Yeah, you just get the way about you. Yeah, I know kids wouldn't fuck with me that much. But all I got is like I was in the military, I was a bouncer. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, but plus it. you're gonna find, you're gonna give them history and with some comedy added to it. You're gonna give yeah, a different something. flavor than the dry textbooks that we had back yeah. in the day, where our social studies teacher just had us memorize and right. I can just give them examples that they can pertain to and help them remember that more. Did you like history, Bob? I loved history. Actually, it was. Uh, one of the classes that I enjoyed in high school and in college. And then when I started getting out into the world, seeing D.C., um, going to Virginia, seeing those battles, I loved it even more. I'm like, this is really cool. Now history's coming to, to life here. Mm-hmm. And I always like the naval. I, I have a, a affection for the naval history for some reason because there's so much water in this planet, right? Like You, you like the seamen? Well, I've never heard that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> Bob got funny this week, folks. Can you believe that? We like uh, it. Oh, so, good. so, oh man, uh, a little bit more about the naval side before we move to the next side, because then I got a little anecdote to, to switch us over to the next topic. But um, your dad, uh, it, was he happy that you went in the navy? Did it help you guys bond a little bit? How, did, how was yeah, that experience? Like, it was cool because I was able to bring something up, and he'd be like, "I know that, I know what you're talking about," because he hasn't talked that shit in 20 years. He joined, I think, around 80. 586 and then they did three-year contracts and he got around 89 that's so curious he did one contract then yeah he did one contract went to college and is he a weatherman now no he's not he's like i wish i was though <laughs> i mean come on right then would have been a perfect time they're right they're right growing then uh so what does he do for a living then if he didn't go weather uh he is the head of a kitchen at a like very high-end ret- uh, retirement home always forget what it's called but like like it's crazy expensive to like move someone in there uh it's like half a million dollars it's like the down payment it's like crazy so you don't mess with him in the kitchen your dad's a good cook yeah yeah he's so he he's head of the well he manages the whole kit so all the waitresses all the way you know like everyone all the cooks um and he he likes doing that. It's fun. That's how I got my first job. My first job was a uh, dishwasher at a bar when I was fifteen to eighteen. And I absolutely loved it. That's cool. That's you why put I put you right in the middle of everything. Oh, of course, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was watching a TV special. My I'm living with my brother right now temporarily. So at night we like to watch one little thing. So we're watching co- uh, comedians in cars having coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. So a recent, so we're just popping through random episodes. I think that this is an early episode, but there was an episode with him and Don Rickles, 
and Don Rickles was in the Navy. And Don Rickles talks about, and Don Rickles is like one of the best comedians ever. He's like, oh. yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. So this one, the transition. So Don Rickles mentioned that the whole, he was, he's like, I was so dumb, blah, blah, blah. And then he runs on a, a, like semi truth, semi comedic, like, yeah, I was a neighbor. And all I kept asking everybody, yeah, yeah, oh, you need me to, to run that cannon? Okay. And then if I want to run the cannon, I look at my, my boss and say, you know, I'm really a comedian though. I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Don Rickles has got to be one of the funniest men. So, so I, I want to get to the next part. Now you do comedy on the side yes, or, and want to be, I think do it more as well. Um, so how did you, how did you, is this something always been in you as a kid? Were you the goofball in class or is this something that's slowly? Yeah. Morphing I like to in think you? I was the, like the goofball in class, just like, like the clown class clown. Um, you know, I always made my friends laugh and that's like one of the issues I have with comedy too, is like some people will get up there and be like, Oh, well, all my friends think I'm funny. And like, I thought about that a lot. Cause all my friends were like, Oh, you're a funny guy. Like you should do some stand up." And then, you know, I'm like, I don't know. Cause I feel like it's one thing to be situationally funny and it's a totally different thing to be able to go on stage and tell a story and tell it well and like get to your point and everyone gets it and not just, you know, couple buddies hanging out and Don Rickles is situationally funny but he is always situationally like he did it throughout like he met him and Jerry were talking about that where Jerry was more the write down his notes like he had post-it notes of all his notes jokes and everything else right but Don Rickles was he didn't write down anything like he just went just kept going just kill everybody (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh when was the first time you were ever on stage as a comedian? Uh, March, actually. I started this year. So. Ooh, it's a new new beginning for you. I love this. Yeah, because, like, <clears throat> you know, I like working security. And after, like, working security for a bit, I'm like, you know, I could totally explain this to someone and someone would get it. Um, you know, working at Xerox obviously wasn't very funny because I'm not dealing with drunks all day. But, um, you know, I, just, I guess I just always was like, I'd love to like tell jokes and just make a room full of people laugh or smile, you know, or like just give them some shock and awe with like something just crazy fucked up, like joke wise. And, um, you know, so I started getting into it and I was like, Oh, I I see why this doesn't work. And I haven't made a whole lot of naval, uh, jokes because one thing that, you know, can be confusing to some people are those who don't know anything military to the point where like, you got to explain. So you got to like tell the story and then be like, Oh, but this is, this is this, this, and this. And then you're like, Oh, but this is that, that, and that. And it's just like a, a difficult way to explain it. Yeah. Especially when you, and com- comedians think in minutes. When- right. Exactly. You don't want to like, I mean, if you got a good joke, you can make it run and run and run. But like some are just like, you don't want to leave it there too long. Cause then people are going to lose interest. Like, all right, can we get to the next fucking joke? Or like, yeah, if, what's your point? Right, exactly. When's the punchline coming? Right, right. It's nice when those guys can have a long-winded story and have ten punchlines within that one oh, joke, yeah, right? Absolutely. And then they got the final joke, but they had ten laughs on the way there. Right? Yeah. Like, is that where you're at the point now, where you're trying to create that kind of? Yeah. System? So my my biggest thing is like I like to keep a steady flow, like to the point where you wouldn't. I love watching like a special, and someone's like. You know, they just tell this run-on story, and it just hits every mark while you go through. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. No, you're good. I love it. So uh, uh, Joe Rogan kind of does that. 
where he kind of has a special and kind of runs it like he runs the gamut of life while he's razzing everything or giving his perspective. Right, exactly. Right? Something like that, right? Uh, the biggest thing I've noticed too is like just how it can branch out to something else and that's why a joke can go so long. You know, you, you take it one way and then it's like, oh, but here's a little side note and then you're like, oh, where was I? And then you're like, you know, it all flows. That's my biggest thing is I love to just be able to tell a story and make it flow to the point where you're sitting there watching and you're like, oh, how do we even get on this topic? It's like people scrolling through YouTube, you know, they're like, I'm going to look up a music video and then you get to like, how did I get to giraffes beating each other with their necks? You know what I mean? Just very like broad. No, I like it. That's what it is, though. It's it's like this trail, and then all of a sudden you're you're at the head of it, and you're like, wait, where did that just come from? Right, exactly. That's what I love about it. That's why I love like Tom Segura is probably like my absolute favorite. Him, Burt Kreischer, uh, Tom Segura's wife, Christina P. Uh, I grew up listening to Larry the Cable Guy. It was the first thing my dad ever introduced me to, and I absolutely loved it. Who are your favorite comics? Like your, who would you consider your Mount Rushmore? Like the guys you really like oh, to top four. All right, yeah, Bobby, you're, I'm gonna ask you the same question, Bobby. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Definitely I one. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be good. I would definitely go Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, because they're like almost the reason like I got into it and was like, you know what, this sounds like a lot of fun. I want to make a room full of people laugh. Like, let's go. So Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura. Um, Dave Chappelle, I'd put up there and uh, for my last one, probably, uh, Nick Swartzen. I, I listened to him a lot in high school. He got me into it very party oriented with his comedy mm-hmm. and like just uh, the way he does it is so good. And his transitions aren't good in my opinion, but like, he makes them work because that's his kind of stand-up. Like, that's the way he performs it. And that's why they work so well. And it doesn't even matter, like, how good of a transition you have. With, like, Burt Kreischer and Tom Skrill, like, their transitions are very smooth. Like, you don't even know. Like, like one minute you're talking about bikes, the next thing you're talking about midgets. It's like, where do we, how do we get here? <laughs> that's the best way when you forget how you got there. You're just laughing. Right. Exactly. And, like, with Burt Kreischer, he, he tells a lot of, like, family stories and they're so funny, but like that is such an easy transition because you can go from one story about your family and just roll right into it with the next one because it's it's not like you're changing topics where like, you know, we went from the military to now we're talking about how I got into stand-up and it's like, you know, a smooth transition. It's like, oh, wait, how did we get here? So No doubt. I'm going to let Bob hold for a second because I already kind of know who my favorite comics are. I, we have always loved comedy in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our, my favorite albums ever was the old um, Bill Cosby album, you know. Yes. Dad is great. He gave his chocolate cake. <laughs> Dad <laughs> is great. He gave his chocolate cake. But I wouldn't put him as one of my best, but that was probably one of our family's all-time favorite albums to watch, right. you know, performances. Right. Like, And then mom got home and she asked, what'd you guys have for breakfast? <laughs> And all the kids go, he made us eat chocolate cake. He made us. What a dirtbag he is, though. Right. right. Or when he's like, uh, thank you, toilet bowl. You're my only friend. You're the only one who really understands me. That physical humor that goes with the, Yeah, where know, he's like laying on a there. stool. Oh, all been there. It sucks that he turned him in such a jerk because he would have been on my Mount Rushmore, to be honest. Yeah. When you do immortal things, you cannot be my Mount Rushmore of anything. Thanks. So mine would be George Carlin. Okay. Has to be. Don Rickles, 
Only because I have never watched him once and not laughed. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter the setting where he is. I know how he's going to act, and I still laugh. Right. Uh, <clears throat> this this next one's a little harder, but I got to say, um, I like Kevin Hart. And, Kevin Hart's good. So. And I don't want to put him up at a Mount Rushmore because I know he's just kind of that goofy guy. But right. Kevin's Hart, that dude that I would hang out with all day, every day. And just 100%. enjoy his time, right? Right, and, and, exactly. Oh man! And then, and then the best he's gone, but he is the best is Robin Williams. Yeah, no, I'm, he, I'm sorry, he by far. Yeah, so sad to lose 100%. that man. Yeah, I made my kids seriously after he passed. Every movie I could bring up of Robin Williams for like a month, like my kids oh, were man. like so Robin Williams out. But to see all the versions of him, oh, such a broad spectrum oh, from a cartoon character to a college teacher goodwill hunting is one of my favorite movies yeah honestly. exactly it's talk so about the suicide good. and then yep. the, that one, i forget i always forget the name of the movie where he passed and or his wife passed and was like kind of stuck in purgatory and he had to kind of go there and find her and and oh. that was a really intense movie too um i always forget the name of that one but and then you got mork mork from mork and mindy and yes you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. <laughs> oh. Right? And then George Carlin, to me, there's nobody that holds that stage presence. You talk about a guy that you listen to one one thing and you're all of a sudden on another topic. Right, right, right. And then he goes into the seven words you can't say on TV and that whole spiel. Oh. And that has got to be one of the most well-educated guys I've right. ever heard in my life. Like, Well, there's so many out there, too. Like, I feel like I'm changing my list of Mount Rushmore, like, all the time, like, uh, Eliza Schlesinger is super funny. I absolutely love her. Christi Christina P too is Tom Segura's wife. Um, oh, I just had their name. I just forgot. Her. You know, like you said, Robin Williams too. Like just always just alternating, like finding new people. And there's so many of them that it's hard to like keep track of almost all of them. So Mel Brooks, think about, let's put something in perspective. Okay. Mel Brooks made a movie eight years after World War II called The Producers, where he just absolutely razzed Hitler and yeah. the Nazis and and just made a mot like it was a serious comedy to the point where the studio almost didn't want to produce the movie. It wow. turned out to be a hit. I mean, the producers, right? Yeah. So put this in perspective. Imagine someone right now doing a spoof of that level, because right now is it the same amount of time from September 11th? Right. Oh, Imagine yeah. someone producing a movie this year based on that much of a spoof on Jesus. September 11th. How accepted would it be? Oh, man. See, for me personally, like... And remember, think about the producers. Have you guys seen that movie or thought about it? I like they had like it. like I'm There was sure. like four women's legs like as a swastika as like part oh, of it like it was a serious like <laughs> kill hitler germany yeah. like i don't know i don't know everything is so pc nowadays you you're, yep. you insult yep. the smallest thing and people get really bent out of shape 100% so something that precious and taboo can they really make a spoof out of it and now the producers not only did they accept it back then when it did go, there was a Matthew Broderick was in a play about it uh, right. that was in multiple cities where they made the big glass mirror from that producers was actually made for the play and it came out and did that whole scene like it did in the movie like they spent some ducats on it so Damn. it's just so yeah you're right it is a PC it's and that's what I wanted to bring up is it's because people now are such more sensitive right and that's what 
I hate, but at the same time, I don't let it stop me from not censoring myself in any way. Like I have some more sadistic jokes, but you know, I, I also like to know my crowd. Like if I go to a cafe and I do stand up, I'm not going to tell like some more fucked up shit because half the people in that cafe probably don't agree with me. But like if I'm in a bar, like, Oh, assalamu alaikum. Like I'm going ham. I don't give a shit. Do you give them a disclaimer saying, by the way, uh, I'm crass, I can be rude, I can be judgmental, or whatever. <laughs> so you're going to expect all these nasty things that right. human behavior have been shunning lately, right. and you're going to laugh about it. Right, but I, I see it this way. Do you like, need to have to do that now? Isn't you yeah, walking into a you comedian, do. you know full well that's just what's going to happen? That. I was just going to say, I'm like, why would you go to an open mic and then like be pissed that you're going to be offended? Like, oh, I can't believe you said it. I'm like, dude, you went to an open mic with a bunch of random new comics that are just trying their shit out. So There are people placed in this world now who live to be offended. Pro- yes. I, yep, probably. So, you know, it's... How, how have the open mics been for you? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Okay. You're around Mount Rushmore. Right. We have to close. So, oh, yeah, I, wanna, I don't have yeah, four. Get but, it's okay. Um, we're, yeah, we're uh, I had to do a little <laughs> research on this because I, I, I'm terrible with names. I used to enjoy uh, Simon Pegg when he came out. He's a British comedian. Um, it's the zombie movie there. And I just had it. What was the uh, comedic zombie movie? Yeah. Uh, he's British. I just had oh, it. Oh, I know. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yes. Yeah. And when I saw that, I'm like, this guy is hysterical. So I started watching more and more of his shows. Very funny. Um, cool. Paul as well. That was a good one. What? what? Yeah, uh, okay. The guy who was in Shaun of the Dead, uh, the Paul, the alien movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was very good. good too. Yeah. And then uh, I saw Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. I thought she was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just saw Netflix had a couple of specials on um, Trevor Noen, who replaced uh, on the oh, comedy know. show there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. Comedy Central one? Yeah, Comedy okay. Central. Yeah. You can't really replace Jon yeah. Stewart. And. Uh, but I saw him, and he's really funny, and I I learned to appreciate him. Yeah, I think one of my things about Trevor Noah, I, he's he's good. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I think he has an interesting way of looking at uh, everything. But me personally, like, I don't like to do a lot of like political or religion jokes or even some race jokes, just because I know the backlash that I could get from it. And I feel like, especially with politics, and the reason I steer away from them so much. And like, like having a joke about Canada is like, as far as I go, I'll go like politically, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? About like moose killings and all that. But like, <laughs> um, that's, I, that's funny. Um, because those are all subject matters that, I mean, you close off a lot by not including that. Well, i I feel like there's a right and wrong way to do politics. My biggest thing is I don't want to divide a room. I would hate to go on stage and do stand up and have half the audience that like come to see me be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, right, just because right. I don't... I don't want to hear about Trump out of you or whatever. Right, exactly. It's like, or, you know, anyone. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, older politics, like, Watergate, you could figure some shit out. Like, that's pretty fucking funny. You know what I mean? But, like, any scandal, like, people do Bill Clinton all the fucking time. Talk about fucking Malka Lewinsky, right? Like, yeah, like it's, it's a old. joke. Yeah, it's old. But, like, you know, some things just run for a while. Yeah. It's nice. So, in uh, your open mic sessions, you must see the gamut of everything. Yeah, how I much see. material do you get to have you gotten to run yourself through just through open mics like without being scheduled? Man, um see, I like to try a lot of new things out, but I also like to make what I have better. 
So like I've ran with one joke about my sister or my, you know, even my family for like a while. And I just trying to discover like a new punchline or like a different way to like articulate a sentence. You know what I mean? Like I took the punchline of that joke and I twisted it around and like came up with something else. And like a buddy even helped me out with it. He was like, Oh, well what if you said it like this? I'm like, I never fucking thought of that. And then I said, I'd go on stage. I did that uh, comedy at the Carlson. It's a comedy club here in uh, Rochester. Um, they actually just had Chris Farley's brother playing this weekend. Oh, cool. So, um, so is that the premier place in Rochester? I'd say that's like one of the number one, like comedy places to go in Rochester that and, uh, photo city improv where they have like a lot, you know, they do improv comedy stand up, like all the whole spectrum of just, oh, I didn't realize photo city did that. Yeah. Actually I was just talking to the owner cause he comes in dragonfly every now and then. he's a good, he's a great guy. Um, he came in and, he was talking about how he wants to start an open mic in October. And I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. Like, if you need a host, like, I'd love to finally host. Like, I've done a show. I do open mics. But I'd love to, like, host. And um, so he's like, yeah, I want to have, like, whoever hosts pretty much headline, though. So I want him to have, like, an hour and a half worth of stand-up. I'm like, holy shit. Wow. A, sp- that's a, a lot Netflix to ask special on a half. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot to ask of someone. I know. I probably got, like, five... So five or six solid minutes depending on how i draw the joke out and if i'm able to fit like a couple extra punchlines and all that but like yeah and you could probably beat up on people for another couple minutes around right but you know i feel like i can beat on them all i want but i feel like it's gonna get old it's like all right who's next it's like well we went through all all the people in here it's like oh all right who's working right now who's working backstage that i can heckle yeah what are we doing next right when you tell jokes about your family and friends Mm -hmm. Do they take it well? I mean, are they good sports about it? Were they pissed off at first? or? Yeah, like if I tell one about my, my family, like I obviously go through them first. I'm like, hey, I got this. What do you think? You know, I present it on the table. And they're uh-huh. like, you know, if they're like, yeah, I like that. You know, I'm like, perfect. You know, like I've changed jokes around so that way I'm not like offending a more sensitive family member. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, well, I can tell it about this person instead you know it's still funny because we're all so much alike it's easy to just go from like oh well this is a joke about my youngest sister but i can easily make that about my oldest sister you know what i mean so it's easy to just kind of jump around no that's a good point yeah with our family man we all think we're comedians (laughs) we beat each other (laughs) so bad you come in man i tell you bringing if you are someone dating someone new in our family and you're coming in watch out because the little eight-year-olds are going to get you yeah <laughs> like our family you better be thick skinned because they're going to get right. you from all angles man there's no safe place oh no, no safe no no That's safe a, word yeah i'm we're at a cousin's birthday party this weekend and i'm on the trampoline just trying to get a little exercise and i got all the little kids heckling me worse than the adults are adults don't have Jesus. to say anything i mean they're just the little kids are like hey aren't you gonna do something <laughs> aren't you a little old oh they want to kill me these kids <laughs> <laughs> Keeps us on our toes, though. So what kind of crowd have you found that you have been best suited for? Um, well, given I worked in a bar since I was 15 till now, I'd probably say a bar because I know how to walk in there. I know how to, like, present myself. I know, you know, I'm not going to get thrown off stage because someone's, like, super offended because it's a bar. So you got, you know, I, I would have said all ages, but really 21 and up, <laughs> depending on the place. So more um, they so the more they drink the funnier funnier you are. 
Oh, Damn. sorry. <laughs> it's that too bad. true, though. <laughs> I, love I love it. No, it makes it harder because then they don't want to listen. They're like, tell something else. I'm like, right. oh, I'm not going to tell that right now. But yeah, they're probably the more drunk, they're probably really even more critical. Yeah, depending on what you say, too. And if it pisses them off, yeah, they're going to be very, very upset. Um, I've got a taser. Right. <laughs> I've done it at two, three bars. I did an open mic, and then my first show was kind of in a bar. And then um, one was, like, in a room above a bar. And I actually got heckled a lot for that one. I was very surprised. I was like, dude, we're, we're in a bar. Like, we're getting drinks. Why are you so pissed off? <laughs> like, I didn't ask you to be here. Um, But, like... So so before we go more down this comedy road, let's talk a little bit about drinking and bars and security guard. Like, tell me some of the stories of the things you've seen around here. Because, uh, well, well, first of all, uh, one of your security guards passed recently at Dragonfly. Yes. So we'll mention, please, about Shaq. Like, yeah, of course. He. So I unfortunately never was granted the opportunity to meet Shaq because I was hired um, shortly after everything that had happened to him. Um, but I've never heard a bad thing about him. Always just a stand-up guy. You know, always, people always telling me how, like, man, you can't hug people like that because you're, like, seven foot tall. Like, and you're a big dude. You can't hug people like they're ragdolls. You'll snap them in half, especially all the women that come in, too, are, you know, a little shorter, daintier because they're either, you know, young or just thin. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. just throws them around and, like man, you can't grab people like that. You'll hurt them. But no, I I wish I I could have met him. I really wish I did. Yeah, and an unfortunate thing happened. One of the security guards at, at Dragonfly uh, was murdered. I guess right, straight out. Yeah, he was found uh, in his car, stabbed to death. Yeah, it was too bad. When did that happen? Oh, a few months ago. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, earlier this summer. Yeah, wow. it was a rough one for everybody at Dragonfly, but just want to make sure there's a mention of that because I know some of the Dragonfly people will talk and make sure they know we're definitely passing our respects. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but now on the funnier side of of what you see on a daily basis, listen, people are dulled. It is amazing. Like, if you see people, they walk in the place an hour and a half to two hours later, the transformation. Different person. <laughs> Holy smokes. It's a full moon. Every <laughs> night. <laughs> just, <clears throat> um, Some of the fun stuff. It is crazy, though, because, like, you never know who's going to walk in who's going to be a problem. And that's, like, that's something that I kind of like because then I get to try to pick up on more uh, people's body language. And that's how I catch a lot of shit is just watching someone, you know, their facial expressions, how it changes, just being able to pick up on it and know Something's going to happen. I got to stop this, you know, and get someone else involved. Um, Proactive policing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's got to help with your comedy, too. And this is why I'm kind of going down this road is yes, you're picking perfect. up on subtleties of people in this environment. Oh, always, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like my buddy uh, during Park Fest, he was just gone, like not with it at all. And I see um, I see him getting thrown around like we had a. DJ, his name is uh, Tim Tones. He plays in Vegas, plays really big shows. He's a great DJ. Um, <clears throat> he's just getting thrown around, just bumped while he's standing at the bar. And I see him turn around. He just has this, like, I'm fucking out of here face and just dead, like, not even paying attention to anything going around, uh, around, around, on around him. Sorry. Um, and just, just gone. He just left after that. <laughs> he just so, walked four miles home. Oh, he just knew he had enough. Yeah. 
Um, Dragon, Dragonfly is a, a very cool place, but Park <laughs> Avenue is a very interesting place because you, you have a lot of college-age kids and yeah. a lot of good young energy there. Yeah. And I'm finding there actually is a lot of smart millennials. Like on the other side of the coin, yeah. there's a lot of intellect 100%. on that street, right? Like like the conversations you ha- you can have there are just are cool. Crazy. Doesn't You don't, have no idea who you're ever going to bump into. And it's just like, wow, I had no clue about this from, you know, finding that you'd hear them talk about something. It's just crazy. So give me an experience that surprised you so far since being there in March. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of something that really surprised me i guess it's i mean i kind of learned this when i was 15 and worked at a bar but just how crazy like some like older people are like i've had to throw out probably three older gentlemen just because they're belligerent or just creepy at a bar you know what i mean like touching like younger women that are there just like hitting shit being aggressive like it's just crazy. I think that's what surprised me the most. It's like, you know, because I see myself as, you know, as I get older, I'm obviously not going to drink every weekend. You know what I mean? Well, I, when I say drink, I mean like drink to get drunk because you're with your friends, not like. Yeah, excessive. You talk about right, excessive. Exactly. Yeah, excessive drinking, like and, purposely yeah. drinking. Losing. Not like, oops. Losing, I, yeah. Yeah. Your mental capacity. Exactly. Um, so I think that always like really surprised me because like my father was obviously never like that, nor were you know, the family members that I spent most of my time with, you know what I mean? Like they're not going out every weekend, coming home drunk, you know? So I think I have a feeling you're talking about guys in their late fifties and sixties. So when you're referencing this, right? Yes. Right. Unfortunately. I mean, I remember we had a group of friends that we hung out with growing up. Who did? You and I. We did. Yeah. And there was a father who was sometimes a little, a little creepy. He yeah. loved him dearly, <laughs> but when he came home and he was lit, yeah, he was just naturally friendly because he he knew us all so very well. You right. Know what I mean? So it was You're almost talking about Don, are you? I don't want to say any name. Definitely not my dad. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not giving the name of the person who who we're kidding, talking I'm about. Kidding, Dad. Oh, I love you, Dad. It was not you. You were you were, you wouldn't allow the parties to happen. You would come in the scene. We all scattered like ants. Right. Yeah, it's more of an uncle thing for. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, That's so funny that you say that though. And it's a little too bad. I think part of it's the alcohol though, and maybe they're lonely, right? Right. No, I mean I, I get but, it. You know, I'm 20. I go out drinking often. You know, at least you know once or twice a week. You know, just yeah. hanging out with buddies. But I just I can never see myself getting so belligerent like that. You know, like maybe it's because I've worked at a bar since I was 15 and I've seen shitty people and I'm just like, I would never want to be that guy getting thrown out of the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put yourself in that position in the first place. Right. Exactly. So what would you say of now the three, four or five minutes of of material you have? Is it mostly family at this point or is it? It's a good mix. It's a good mix. Um, You know, because growing up in a bar was a huge part of my young adult life. It's what really stuck with me. You know what I mean? And then you have... That and just, you know, family. I feel like family is the best way to make people laugh because everyone has a family, you know, or most people, you know, unless you're like Batman or orphan or some shit. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone has family. So it's just like, like I've never watched a, sta- a person do stand up and talk about their family and be like, that's not someone I know or live with. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all got the similar right, uh, stories of our families, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden you hear someone's joke about it and you're relating it to the person in your family right away. That's half the joke, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. You, you could don't even have to listen to the rest of it. You're just like thinking about the shit that that family member does and you're like, oh my God, like 
it's uncanny just how similar these two are. That, that's this uh, successful c- comedian story, right. you know? Yeah, like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, you know, uh, Burt Kreischer talks about his family a lot. Uh, Tom Segura, I think, puts it in a very interesting way where it's not like specific to the person, but just the general idea of what people have. Like he has one about um, how having a child is selfish because you love just a mini version of you and how you would do anything for that mini version of you because it's it's you in your hand. Right. So yeah, Yeah, a little twist on perception. Yeah. That's what I think the best comedy is the subtle twist on perception. Oh yeah. Just the way people think. Cause everyone wants to know, like, like if you talk about like a, a big topic, people are in you and you're like, this is my opinion on it. You know, you're a little genuinely more curious. You're like, I'd love to know how this person feels about it. You know what I mean? And just how, what makes them think and tweak and to be able to fit a joke in there that almost feels like personal between the two is crazy. Cause it's just like, you know, I feel like, like, you know how you said you, you would hang out with some of these comedians you like be just purely based because they seem like have a, a good personality, a grasp on life or interesting way of looking at things. And that's, that's like one of the best parts about, about the whole process. So do you ever find that you're, uh, while you're, in the bar or working, you're taking notes like on your phone, like all the time. Are you doing it on your phone? Is that what you're doing? So I don't like to do it on my phone, but I'm not carrying around a big notebook like you have in my back pocket all the time. So I keep it on my phone specifically just to always have it with me. Like just, some of the notes that I've been collecting. He's scrolling right now. He's scrolling. He's scrolling. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And it's funny because uh, every creative mind has a different way they want to do things. And it's so funny. I'm looking and I'm seeing some are just two line things. Right. Some's just a, one a line punch thing. line or yep. just like and a, some's a story. Like you can see the story where there's right. a narrative. It yeah, looks like a it. Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're kind of writing a book, right? Like, yeah, like, essentially. Um, is it tough to, for- so me now I'm in my analytical self right now is seeing right. that going, how would I format that? Cause I would want that on a word document where I can move it. So this is right. one set of jokes. That's one set of jokes. That's how I would do it. Cause right. as you and I've been talking to be very frank, I want to start writing some material for you. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could sit up on a stage or would want to go through that whole process, but I think I, I, I have enough in my arsenal that, but I have to figure out the times now when it's running through my head, right. how to apply it and put it down to, to give that to you or to modify it, right? To make it efficient. Right? Yeah. Like that's, that's my thing. I think that's one of the reasons like it's so difficult because you can write something and be like, Oh, I think this is hilarious. I think it would work. And you give it to them. It's like, well, it's another thing because your delivery on something and the way I interpret it can be two completely different things. And to the point where some, you know, someone won't find that funny and it's only funny to like a select group. So like emotion, the, delivery, exactly. perspective, audience, right. That's why tone so of the high. voice. You know what I mean? Like some jokes are delivered better in like monotone compared to like, right. uh, the delivery of voice of like, Oh, and they did this. And it's like, you raise your voice or you use like a, like a different accent or something. You know what I mean? It's all Laurel and Hardy. Exactly. Right. Like that kind of exactly. like completely the Navy was type of comedy. there. It's slap, slap comedy. Slap yeah, stick exactly. Home? Yeah, exactly. Slap where stick? it's, where you're talking about just, yeah. pff, you know, right. the, the Larry Moe and Curly versus the Seinfeld. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. Or, or, or where the two mix. Exactly. So, uh, Laurel Hardy, one of my favorite Laurel Hardy movies had to be the Christmas one where the, the, 
Toy Soldier one? Mm, don't Did you guys ever see that one? Oh, the, where, where they had they were supposed to build a certain amount of like many six inch toy soldiers and, and they did it wrong and they built a bunch of six foot toy soldiers by accident and everybody in town hated them and mad at them. Cred next you know, a banshee, a group of banshees comes into Texas City and they get to wind up all these six foot toy soldiers right. to kill the banshees. One of no. my favorite movies ever. Oh my god, the toy I'll soldier. Have to watch it. Yeah, the the Laurel Holly toy soldier movie. Uh, that's from the f- We were forced to watch oh. Abbott and Costello. Yeah. They we, didn't, no, they, we were forced. Uh, Every Sunday they were on, and my stepfather is like, oh, it's time for Abbott and Costello. I'm like, no, God, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> but then after a while, it's sort of like Stockholm Syndrome. You started to enjoy their company, you know? It's like, oh, is this the one where they're going to they're gonna battle the vampire and the werewolf together? It's like, yay, I can't wait to see that one. And it's like, no, yeah, it is. All right, good, good. <laughs> what comedians did you watch like through um because you know some kind of comedians for you we didn't have a lot of comedians i think when we were growing up bob and i at our age because right we didn't have them on tv shows we didn't have all this other so like social media you know well i mean cartoon just voices of cartoon characters oh yeah yeah. i mean you can go as deep rooted as that like when you're five six seven eight years old what kid shows comedic kid shows did you gravitate any of those it was a lot of slapstick now thinking about it because my generation grew up with like spongebob and like bill and mandy invader zim a lot of slapstick and that's how a lot of cartoons are portrayed too it's not like they're just rambling off jokes and the ones that do you know they they make it work you know they obviously have to but um you know spongebob even spongebob squarepants there's a lot of slapstick like and that's probably why i liked it as a kid and that's why i still find that kind of funny today because that's what I grew up listening to but I remember when I was like 10 or 11 like my dad showed me this early like 2000 Larry the Cable Guy special and like we would drive down to Ole and that's where my uh my grandparents live and that's like two hours from Rochester uh to give you a perspective but like just listening that on repeat and just like laughing and like because like I was younger and he would say more adult things so I didn't always pick up on everything you know what I mean like he has a joke about a his uh, mother has her gynecologist has to wear a hard hat. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck a gynecologist is. Like, what yeah, the what fuck is that thing for? <laughs> I think that's the funniest part for me is when my kids were young, I got to enjoy all those animated movies that had a lot of adult oh, humor yeah. built into them, right? Like, yes, those are oh, the best. Man. I love rewatching those and finding out like what I enjoyed as a kid and why it's like, holy shit. <laughs> You only got a part of it. Right. I only got half the comedy. <laughs> right. There's a lot of adult humor in that stuff. And you're Disney wondering, well. who is this made for? Especially, I would say the range from 2000 to 2010 or whatever. Oh, a lot of the movies yes. made in that range. And, yep. You know, now from maybe it's even 2012. The last, to be honest, the last five years of those type of movies, even Periphery, I don't even want to watch them. Like, right. But that group of 10, 12 years, like... If I didn't want to watch them, I wouldn't have. But I wanted to go see a lot of those kids' movies back right, then. Right, just because of some of the humor they throw in there. I know, like, <sighs> Disney does it very well. You know, they have, like, uh, jokes in Hercules and Lion King. And even Pocahontas has, like, a few, like, oh, shit, I can't believe they just Robin Williams shit. as the genie? Yes, I mean, genie, on. yes. Are you kidding me? As Aladdin? I mean, oh, yeah. Robin Williams made that movie. Yeah, yeah Talk about comedians. Right. <sighs> I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't really have, you know, we had Mel Brooks movies, right? The Life of Brian. The life yeah. Of, you know, like, like those were serious. Monty Python. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the closest thing we had. We didn't have multiple movies with like. Right. 
Like when they said they're going to remake Aladdin with Will Smith, I'm like, yeah, I love Will Smith. I'm not. Oh no, he's, he's great. Will Smith, Absolutely, but he ain't no Robin Williams. <laughs> right. No, that's true. I think. So my perspective on that, and I was the same way, like with. Uh, Ben Affleck's uh, Batman. I was like, how the fuck is this guy going to be? After Christian Bale, after like... I mean, Christian Bale I barely tolerated, let alone switch into to Affleck. But yeah, finish up. Yeah, right, you know right what I mean? You. Like, it's so hard to take like, oh, well, I grew up watching this and they did great. And then you take it somewhere else and you're like, how are you even going to portray this iconic now character? You know what I mean? Spider-Man? Yeah, oh, pick one. You know what I mean? Like I love the newest one. Tom, I'm Tom Holland. Ha- yeah, I'm extremely happy with this whole line with the Iron Man line, like yeah. taking over that whole. But prior to him, I didn't really like any of the Spider Man. So the way I see it is, um, Tobey Maguire, I would say, was a great Peter Parker because he wasn't, you know, he, he was just some goofy looking guy who you would least expect a Spider Man to be. And then you have like Andrew Garfield, and he was a great Spider Man. I don't think it was good Peter Parker. Like, Andrew Garfield's a good-looking dude. It's like, dude, I'd fuck Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Where it's like before it's like, it's like kind of a you know what guy. I mean? Yeah. yeah. I love the little nerdy guy. Yeah, exactly. So to have it, you know, so broad and like, you know, Tom Holland's not a bad-looking dude, but like he fits, he just, he's a perfect Peter Parker because he's some quirky kid. And he actually, a lot of people don't pick this up, but he incorporates a small New York accent as he plays Spider-Man, because he's, he's from Queens. You know what I mean? Should, yeah. Yeah, he should have a bit of an accent. You know, where Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, like, they just had to get rid of their... Well, Tobey Maguire's American, so mm-hmm. he doesn't really much have a <laughs> accent. Yeah, pretty but, dry, yeah, that way. Yeah. No, but that's, that's funny. I, I could talk about the superhero stuff forever. Oh, I could, too. Uh, so what's your favorite... So what do you think of the Avengers? Or, yeah, the, the, uh, the I watched Endgame two days ago. I just bought it. And I cried more the second time than I did the first time in the theaters. I'm not the only one, dude. I cried both times I saw those movies. Oh, they're great. There's they get you. <laughs> I've cried four times, twice for each movie now. Okay. Oh yeah, no doubt. Endgame is good. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I also laughed my tail off during those movies. They're funny. They're great because it's situational humor. Are you kidding me? Come on. I, I, for anybody who hasn't seen these movies, I'm sorry, but it, it, they've been out long enough. He just bought right. it. I can talk about it. Listen, Hulk. Oh, yeah. Putting just together David right. Banner and the Hulk into one, and he's the Hulk, and he's smart. Just the scene in the restaurant was... <laughs> I think Thor was the show. show oh, I close. What? Look at me. I'm halfway there. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You, oh, he does kind of look, look like, like Thor. Him. Jimmy. Wow. Here we go. Oh, yes. No doubt. Do we have a, a stout of beer for him? Not I know. The, Am I asleep or awake? Not the <laughs> fit Thor. Not the fit Thor, guys. Oh. <laughs> We're talking about the Avenger Eight Thor chicks here. like dad bods. Actually, funny story. I hate the term bad, dad bod. I prefer the term father figure. So the oh. ladies know. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I've never heard the word dad bod before, ever. Dad bod is a very, it's a nice way of saying, hey, that guy's fat. But they want, you know, they're like, oh, he's cute, but he's got a dad bod. It's kind of like that. I've never heard the word. That means I don't have a dad bod. You've head. never heard of dad bod? But then, no, never. No. Or heard huh. it referenced in front of me, around me, never even. No. Really? Huh. No, never. There's so many memes about it. Just I'm good about staying Crazy. off social media, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Very good about staying off social media. Yeah, so, all right, so the Avengers, we, we, oh, God. Bob, what do you got? What's your favorite superhero movie or superhero? 
Oh, my favorite superhero. Oh, we've never talked about this. I want to talk about this. Ooh. Who's your All favorite? Right. Come on. I All know right. who mine so, is. I grew up collecting comic books. Okay. And um, I knew that. When I got caught, when I was a young young lad, yep. they were taken away from me <sighs> because, first of all, nobody knew how I was getting the money while well, I had a paper route. I could buy comic books. And it, that was something precious to me, so they were taken away from me. Um, but I was stuck with Marvel. I never really went too far into the DC world. I'm like, it's just not the same. So right. for some strange no reason... You're the same way too, right? Yeah, DC. DC. So, I, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, when I was younger, DC, they oh they swarmed it with TV shows, animated movies. Like they're great, you know what I mean. But they just can't do the same thing Marvel did with their characters. Just releasing, no, oh, here's Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. It's like want to see them fucking beat the shit out of someone together. It's like there right. you go. You know yeah. they build it up, and then when you hear about it, you're like, that's perfect. You know what I mean? And just uh, DC can't can't do that, but their animated is just because they can, they don't have to stray from the comics because they're good anyway. Like my my two favorite superheroes, um, definitely Superman DC. Um, I love Slade. He's kind of a antihero. Uh, he's a bounty hunter. Um, Thor and Captain America. So the That's, first two are DC. Yep. And the second two are Marvel. Yeah, hands down my favorite. So I I, I would. It's strange. I geared toward Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. I'm like, he is so cool with that gray and black hair, and I yep. can't wait. That's DC, Lick. right? DC. No, that's yep. Marvel. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, sorry. Fantastic Four is Marvel. Marvel. Oh, Marvel? Yeah. And I'm like, I can't wait to get that gray hair Why on the, the side. Why the heck wasn't the Fantastic Four with the Avengers then? Because uh, Sony they, owned it. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the rights. Wait, so so Stanley, I thought that superheroes on the planet could all ban no matter what. Oh, movie studios control all their powers? What's <laughs> yeah, different brand. <laughs> I hate it. It's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Marvel, sorry Marvel was not smart by splitting their characters and so, no. selling them off to different companies. Well, you got to imagine, too, at the time, it you know, it's just it wasn't it wasn't as big as it is today. So it's just like. Like, oh, someone wants to use my character that they like. Like, please, like, go for it. And that's why they would be branched off with Spider-Man with Sony. Have you ever you know? seen the earlier Captain America movies? They are horrible. I've I've seen Absolutely snippets, parts of it. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen one of them, I think, when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, I agree with that. So you definitely Marvel. Definitely Marvel. So you saw all the Avengers. Have you seen all the Marvel movies or yes, the majority? Yeah, I did not like Captain Marvel. I haven't um, seen that one yet. I, think it was I just, feel bad I haven't seen that one yet. I so when her character anything. popped in, I was like, who, Who's what, she? where, yeah. when, how? Like, I that was know. actually a split between DC and Marvel. They fought over that character. And DC won the uh, rights to the actual character. It's a male. It's about this young boy who, like, he, like, protects someone at school. And this wizard, like, grants him the powers that he used to have. So that's why he says... All he has to do is say Shazam, and then he snaps. They just the Shazam movie. That's the uh, character called Captain Marvel. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yep. it was Shazam. Shazam's a real uh, first name is Captain Mar. Like his first like superhero name is Captain Marvel, and then it was um, split between DC and Marvel, and Marvel kept the name Captain Marvel, uh, played by you know the the girl little, Brie Olson. Uh, or no, not Brie Olson. Um, the burning hair girl, I forget. Her name. Yes. Um, so name Carol either. Danvers, and yeah. then you have Shazam, which is this kid, and they run the they uh, 
got the rights to the actual physical character. So Marvel was just one in name. So when I was a kid, the DC and that whole Hall of Justice was always obviously bigger than the Marvel in general. You know, early cartoons, that kind of stuff, Wonder right. Woman, the you know, Wonder Twin Powers, all that stuff. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, I can't believe if you would ask me as a kid if I'd been more excited about a Legion of Doom a, a movie or a Marvel movie. Movie like Justice the Avengers, League or the, I would have, I would have, I would have expected the Justice League for me to say as a kid, Justice League, Justice League, I couldn't really see it, but yeah, yeah Marvel Superman, just came, Martian Manhunter, all yeah, oh, like, yeah, that's really intriguing to me. Like we, I need a, a now we need all those. It's now the Aquaman movie came out right, and he's DC, yeah. right? Yep. yep. And we need to have a DC collection like a to like. Well, didn't they have that with Batman versus Superman? Kind of right. That was yeah. Like, that's that was like the intro to like the Justice League and like. A lot of people didn't like it, but I didn't. I honestly didn't think it was like that bad. Like, I just uh, didn't like the premise. I guess it. It seemed like I don't know. I, I enjoyed the, the movie once I saw day. it. Yeah, but it was almost like what I was expecting, and then what everybody was talking about was ruining the fact that I just wasn't going to watch right. the movie and take it for what it was. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's what I hate about people too. Is like they're like, why don't you just take it for what it is? Appreciate it. You know, it's not a bad piece of content. Like just. I mean, if you really don't like it, that's fine. But, like, take it for what it is. Don't rip it apart because then you're going to hate it. You know what I mean? Like, my favorite movies are Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I have a Star Wars tattoo. It's the Boba Fett Mandalorian skull. I have it tattooed on my arm. I got it with my dad. Um, you know, but, like. Now, they, is he a Star Wars fan, too, like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our whole family is, like. Yeah. I cannot I'm, wait for December. Dude. You see the new trailer for it? Yeah. I oh, saw it in the movie theater God. for his Avengers. <laughs> really? Yeah, I almost jumped out of my seat. Well, they came out with a new one. They came out with a new oh, one like have. a couple days ago. Oh, I yeah. see it. It's oh. so good. Are you going to get the Disney, Disney downloading? Plus. Um, I'm going to oh, Disney Plus on Hulu. Yeah. Right? To watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. That looks oh, really good. Yeah, it does. Why, what's The Mandalorian? What's it? oh, it's oh. about like um, the aliens, like Boba Fett and Jango Fett. They're Mandalorians. That's their race. And it's about bounty hunters from there. Right. What, no, what is that on Netflix? It's going on Hulu oh, as an add-on for Disney Plus that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, Disney Plus is coming out with their own streaming. Spencer, get Hulu, Disney Plus, please. <laughs> yeah, back for Christmas. Subliminal message to my son, get Hulu Plus. I do Netflix, you do Hulu. Facts. That's how it's done. <laughs> oh, uh, Ian McGregor also just signed a contract to do a TV show about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. And that's going on Disney oh, Plus as well. Yeah. Oh, Disney Plus. Why do you have to eat my money up in the future? I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, when you own Star Marvel, Wars, I can move Star away. Wars. <laughs> well, Disney Plus, speaking of that, they're going to do Wanda and Vision. If Black you Widow as well. They're going to do a movie, The Black Widow. Are they going to oh. do a TV series? I, I don't know. I thought it was a TV series. I don't know. It, I can't watch anything that's a TV series because it puts too much drama and nonsense in. All I want Yeah. I want the facts. Like I want the not, yeah. I want the I want the like facts of the backstories built into the movies. Like right. The so you saw like that. none of the Netflix uh, Jessica Jones, um, Daredevil. Those Daredevil are phenomenal. Was good. Those I really those, liked Iron Fist. A lot of people didn't like Iron Fist. I actually the first really one liked I it. couldn't stand. I'm like, please kill this character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to watch The Flash. And I, and I enjoyed DC. like the first yeah that's DC I know I know yeah. but okay. I mean those, of that Overall, genre just yeah and that's what yeah and that's what kind of I, as soon as I was I was like oh no I don't know if I could do this what a Smallville bunch of nerds. wasn't bad yeah they are what's that Smallville wasn't bad in my Smallville opinion. was good yeah Smallville um, the Arrow 
the Green Arrow. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't like. I like the Green Arrow until it got to Felicity and dating and who's with who. Oh, and just like, a, I don't want a soap opera. Yeah, Slade was in that. My favorite DC antihero, Slade. Yeah, Slade is in that. That's where they. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like. Actually, it was a DC when they united a bunch of that one ship and it goes back and forth in time to protect everyone. What's that series? I can't yes. think of it anymore. Oh, off the top of my head. I think so. That's actually the best of any of the series. Legendary? Uh, uh, Legends. Oh, Legends. Legends. Yeah. The Legends. That's the only series that I would watch because it's not a lot of the drama. And they're going back in history and like being in the middle of a big historical event and having to correct something so it doesn't get ruined and stuff. Uh-huh. To me, that kind of series is awesome because I'm learning something uh, as well as actually being entertained by the So the you're learning that there were such things as... Here we go. Unicorns? I seriously no. Obviously, it's not every episode, but I, like they went back in the middle of a civil war event one time. You know that, that kind of stuff. That was cool. Oh, and okay. All right, Bob. Bring it up. <laughs> Jeez. We got down a serious wiggle road here. Uh, favorite Star Wars character. Where this is like an old what? kid episode. My favorite Star Wars character by far Chewbacca. Really. You know, it's funny we brought up Marvel is because the so a friend of mine and I want to start our own podcast. Uh, hopefully we can get a, an episode out in uh, October or something. But we're calling it Lions Park. And one thing he wants to do with it is he wants to take like he's like, hey, who do you think would win in a fight? I'm like, all right, give me someone. And I'm like, how about Chewbacca versus Beast from X-Men? Who would win in a fight? And that's the kind of shit we want to do with Beast it. would. I don't know. Because remember, Beast had those feet that he could go up above Chewie and like get him from other angles. And yeah, in but fight, I was Chewbacca's thinking like get a, a gorilla. He's like Sasquatch. Uh, he's a beast. I know. He's listen. Uh. <laughs> get into it. There you go. You know, <laughs> like stuff like that. And like Chewbacca's good though. X Men. How do you view X Men? X Men. I I think they're doing well. I think Sony's or no, the, uh, they were owned by Fox. Owned by Fox. No, now um, Disney. Yeah, now Disney, and it's over now. But Dark Phoenix was the last one from. I heard that was terrible. X. Or, um, Did you see it? Was, no, I actually I haven't seen the new one. I've seen a few of. I saw Apocalypse and uh, like a couple of the ones before that, but I haven't like really kept up on it too much because Marvel's been eating so much of my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can only watch so many movies. The, or the right, Avengers. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing, because, yeah, the Marvel, but all the side movies that led into it, you know, the Black Panther, the, the Captain They're American movies. Are, and my favorite, by the way, my favorite superhero by far, Iron Man, has to be. Oh, um, yeah. I, just Tony Stark, the whole thing with his dad being in the, uh, in the secret base. Oh, and, the perfect. And the fact that he had, like, all the best materials to make stuff out of. Yep. And that was the coolest house ever when all those suits came flying Oh, out yeah. That, like, Come on, man. I want to be as smart as that dude and be able to be as athletic as right. that guy. That's, uh, that's, that's what I want. Iron Man. My right. theory is Iron Man is not dead. I mean, Tony Stark is dead, but mm-hmm. the the actual comic or the hero for Marvel Universe, I think that kid that was at the funeral will be the next Iron Man. Which kid? Everybody was questioning who was that Random kid at the Random funeral kid at the end, end, yeah. end game. They, they, they streamed back and they went through every group. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I am now, right now, panning in my mind and I'm trying to see. And I thought I knew every face. standing alone before they got to the very back and, and everybody's like, who's that kid at the, at the funeral? There's one from three, right? Is that kid from the third Iron Man movie? Was it three? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was one of them. I, one I, don't, of them. I don't know. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like how they put Spider-Man in with his collaboration in the next yes. Spider-Man movie. Because yeah. to me, I was done watching Spider-Man movies. 
Really? Yeah. No. Those I, first I get four it. all kill. I loved the first one. The next three, I hated. I mean, come on, the two octopus guy and the freaking two and wasn't warehouse horrible. and that whole like. I know some of it was filmed in Rochester and all this stuff. But oh, the Andrew Garfield. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah, shit. Yeah, those those couple they weren't were like, good. Oh god, just boy. And then, anyways, I don't want to talk about negativity. There's too many good movies out there. <laughs> all right, so Bob and I had talked before you came in, sir, and we said, hey, maybe we can help him write a joke. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we can help write some material for you, la la. So I don't know if Bob did any homework this week. But we kind of wanted to go through, not necessarily write a joke for you, but maybe show people, like, um, the a process, right. right? Like, if you got a couple notes, we can start with that. Like, yeah, of course. Like, I know you and I kind of, this one day we kind of did this, so I'll kind of go through it again with you, is, uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm always thinking about smokers and how funny it is that smokers from the 1920s were guys on Marlboro Men with horses right. or in the 40s and 50s with all the commercials and stuff, and and now smokers, you go from being the Marlboro Man, the biggest, studliest guy, and he's got a cigarette pack. Fonzie's got a cigarette pack rolled right in his white sleeve. shirt. Man, those smokers are the coolest dudes. Now in 2018, <laughs> you go outside and the smokers are hiding behind the trees so nobody sees them smoking. Right. <laughs> That's because I feel like a lot more people are self-conscious now. And just the way, like, they're like, oh, I know I'm going to smell like, like cigarette smoke or tobacco or like. You know, even pot. Like you know what I mean. Like some people are just—it's just a hiding thing nowadays because it's not as accepted. It's because back then when it was cool, it was like, oh, this won't kill me. You know what I mean? And now it's like, oh, this is gonna kill me if I continue. That's right. Oh, and, you know, and it's so funny now. Like vaping is also different than. But I'm also seeing that more people are openly smoking pot, and especially here in New York now that we just did the de- decriminalization. Right. I see more people smoking flour now here in Rochester than cigarettes. Yeah, no doubt. Number one, I've seen it right since June. It, I've yeah, been right through July and August, I noticed it. I smell it everywhere. Well, I don't see it a whole lot because they typically, when I'm bouncing, walk away from me and oh, yeah, don't want course. me to catch them. Yeah, but if but you're no, out I like agree a with summer you. party, yeah, I'll or something, smell like, it a lot more. Dude, party in the park this year on yeah. the Thursday nights in Rochester. Yep. I've always had a slight smell of it. This year, every Thursday, like everybody had flour. stanking it yeah, up, and and I would say the smokers. <laughs> Moved out to still moved out to the primary of that area smoking. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's where I really saw it happening is in like the the part like the festivals, Park Ave Festival, that kind right. of thing, where like people and then vaping they'll do anywhere generally speaking. Oh yeah, people but don't give shit. The vaping with the biggest clouds of smoke to me are the nicotine where the more subtle ones tend to be unless you got the little jewels or whatever tend to be more the CBD or the THC. Yeah, ones. if you see a tiny little little box, yeah. <sighs> I love I love Nine watching the times. dynamics now. So so you as a security guard, how are you seeing that dynamic outside the outside the? So park? I mean, I see people vape a lot and smoke a lot, even. But um, I noticed a lot of people, a lot more people in my generation. It's all vape. It's all uh, jewel. All you know, some mostly wicked, nicotine though, right? Um, I wouldn't even say. Well, it's all nicotine. It's all nicotine. But as a in terms of like tobacco. Um, a lot less people want some fruity flavor. Like I used to have one and it was like pancakes and syrup and like, you know, people want like a taste other than tobacco or someone like me, it's like, I could care less. Like my, my little jewel, you know, I have tobacco in it and, um, yeah, if I'm smoking flour, I enjoy the initial smell of the flour when I pull out of the bag and everything. But at the end of the day, yeah. it's just about taking in for my medication. Right, exactly. And as far as I'm concerned, any cartridges I may sample or use, 
the flavor, nothing matters except when I, when I look at the package, say, what are the effects on my body and how is my body going to handle right. it? Right, exactly. That's the way I look at it, you, you as well. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what you generally see. Right. So so I, I, was, so I was talking about with Jacob about one time out, out of the bar, like, hey, let's you got to make that into a joke. Like, you got to you got the whole smoking yes. thing, like, like write that in a joke. So, so if someone came up to you and gave you that idea, you hadn't thought about, how do you go next with that? Like, the process. So what I do is, like, I, I think my, the biggest thing is, like, when I take notes, they're all, like, punchlines to a joke. And then I'll try, try to think of like, okay, how can I incorporate they incorporate this like into a bit? So like one I'm working on right now, um, I work with this guy in a kitchen. I work at uh, TC Hooligans. It's a bar restaurant out here in uh, upstate New York or Rochester mostly. But, um, you know, someone was asking him to do something. And they're like, you have to do this. And, you know, his name Howard. He's a good dude. Um, is just like I'm not gonna do it. And then the boss is like, told him he has to do it because he's telling him to and all this. And Howard replies with, "Motherfucker, the only things I have to do in life are be black and die." And I lost it. So like, I'll write that down the situation, and then what I'll do is I'll try to broaden it out and see how can I drag it out or reuse that pickup line at the end of another joke. Because now when you reuse a punchline, it's more of a personal thing between you and the audience. It's like, oh, well, we get this because it's like an inside joke for all of us. So that's what I've been trying to do with that one. But plus, given the fact that I am uh, a white male, you know, saying a joke like that, and that's one of the reasons I steer clear of um race or like you know i just i feel like there's a right and wrong way to do it and you never know who's going to react wrong in your audience so that's why you know i haven't used it yet because i want to make sure this one's a little more um you know closer to the final production of that joke rather than some of the other ones where i have about my family because i know it's a more sensitive subject where it's family it's like all right well if the only people who are going to be super pissed at me about that one is uh my family. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can right. Exactly. Do you think a lot about lately? I've been thinking about my grandfather a lot. Okay. Just, just because of the what yeah. I'm doing for work right now, kind of thing. And I used to work with him a lot, doing what I'm doing right now. Right. Um, kind of rehabbing and construction stuff. So a lot of the, his one-liners have been uh, popping up in my head lately. And it really, I'll sit there at work and just start laughing. Right. But it's like you said, it's context, it's time, he's everything else. So like my grandfather, anytime I used to say. Grandpa, how you doing? Everyone I can and the good ones twice. And I would like turn to my grandmother and be like, Grandma, did you hear what she just said? And, and she'd be like, yeah, Brian, he's not going anywhere else. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but that was his favorite thing to say. Right. Anytime one of us said, how you doing, Grandpa? That was the one-liner back. Like, that was... And then if I was if I was ever sweeping up at the end of a job or at the end of the day, I always made sure I swept up and I had to right. be clean the next day. That was one of my anal things. Yeah. So my grandfather would always razz me about that because he was the dust maker. He was the guy that could care right, less if right. there was a little mess at the end of the day because he's coming back the next day to do it. And if he doesn't go back, screw it. There's a little mess there. Not that he was a bad worker. He was awesome. But right. uh, this is you know, his post running a flower shop career where he was just a handyman on the side, right? Right. So anytime I'd have a push broom, you'd say, Brian, you know, that's a push broom. So if I'd ever pull it back to me, cause you can use the other grain of the, the you know, to right, sweep up right, a little right. bit better or whatever. Oh, that's a push broom, Brian. You know, you're not supposed to pull that. And then you'd walk away laughing, like slapping his <laughs> knee. Like he's the funniest guy ever. Right? I used to start most of my sets with dad jokes just as like a icebreaker. 
like um i do just want to be like yeah this furniture store keeps calling me but all i wanted was one nightstand <laughs> or uh just like that. bad like bad, bad one. one you know yeah, what i mean I love like, it. no but that like all right let's get going it's like uh, you want to hear a joke about paper never mind it's terrible ah, it's just like God. simple stuff like that just to kind of break the ice but it also steers people away because it's like oh great a dad joke guy <laughs> you know what i mean i used to even bring my own stool and just throw some sh- shitty pun intended uh poop jokes out there just kind of get a little reaction maybe someone finds stupid humor like that funny mm-hmm. um i've been trying to branch away from more of the stupid humor but like in a way where it's like i can still make it work if i want to throw a couple in there just to kind of finish my set you have it, it you just have it kind of in your in the backdrop where you can drop right. it when you have to certain go exactly so is that what's hardest most hard excuse me for my poor English, uh, is that what's the most difficult uh, really is you can have 10 minutes, right? But right. it's what you can have to roll with, right? So, exactly. you know, you probably got more than, you keep saying you got three to five minutes, but I guarantee you got, a, from what I saw scrolling there, you got way more than that. But it's oh. what you feel comfortable to roll off your tongue in that right. moment, right? Right. Well, the way I see it is like, if I were to take all the material that I have, like stuff that's written out and like not... Um, tweaked or refined um, total probably 35, 40 minutes worth of material. Just unrefined, raw. Probably won't be funny if we're not just hanging out. You know what I mean? Like on stage, mm-hmm. trying to get someone to get to know now, me. Now is that a little bit insecurity? Or is that like legit, you feel like five solid minutes is your most professional five? And I'm not razzing because I got a no, thousand, no, 15,000 pictures and I only right. show, you know, if I'm in a large room, I'm only probably large in like 50, exactly. right? Like, no, definitely just the material I'm comfortable with saying on stage, knowing it works. The Like I said, I'm working on this Canada one right now. Um, the one I'm trying to use on stage more because... What I'm trying to, I wrote it for the 4th of July actually, and just talked about how, like, in my mind, like, I believe in a wall provided it's on the northern border and, like, to, like, stop the moose from coming in and killing us. And the only thing we should allow through is Tim Hortons. And, like, but I try to keep it and going on to, like, if you don't think we don't live in the greatest country on earth, like, you're mistaken. And let me show you why. So, like, I think I have the joke right here. I can just read out. It's, and okay. this is the hard part about it. No, this is the whole transition thing, though. Exactly. This is what people need to understand, that this stuff just doesn't roll. You just don't finish a joke and then right. bam, you're, yeah, you're starting just, it next. Like, there has to be in-between sentences that pull it all together right. and make sense. Right. So, like, you know, and I like to put a, a few facts into this one, and this is why I think this one's so clever, but it's about memorizing the facts and trying to deliver it in a way where people will find it comical is what I like about it. So, like... Um, like I transfer in from talking about how I believe there should be a wall up there, you know, because of the, the accents, the like monopoly money they got. And just like, I like rip it apart, but like, I really do love it up there. It's so beautiful. You know, I, the, the wildlife, the trees, everything about it. Like I I do love Canada. So that's another thing people need to understand too, is that like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a joke. I like, I like the country. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, their healthcare is great up there. You know, shit's legal up there too. You know, they get it. Um, they're very with the times, and I think they do that well. But, you know, to make people laugh, nothing's nothing's safe. Listen, Sam Kennison wouldn't have been 
as popular it was back in the day, if people walked in the room and expected you to be politically freaking yes. correct. Every yes. Yes. I mean, oh my god! I wish people would like, understand that. Please you know let I mean? someone watch a couple of Sam Kinison sets. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or Andrew Dice Clay, and let's 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 get real about it. Like, so my transfer from like Canada being a <laughs> lack of a better term shithole country. Um, I'll talk about how like well, did you know? Canada purchases 18.3% of all U.S. exports. This is all fact. This is all shit I've looked up. Um, and then I go into how, like, like I get we're not the greatest as we used to be, but we're still number one in a lot of subjects, and that's okay. We don't need to be number one in every subject. You know, so I go to explain how, like, we're not that bad. You know, like, we're number one in war, obviously. And, like, we have, like, one-third of – not even – hold on. So this note says we're number one in uh, war – and waging we don't, war, yeah. yeah, waging war's yeah, war. Good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what no, is it good for? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I would go for, um, you know, like we don't even have the largest military. China has the largest military with 2,183,000 people. And we have nowhere near that 1% of the United States population, you know, is a part of that fighting force. And then I go into how like we're number fourth in culture behind Spain, France, and Italy being number one. Uh, throw some, you know, because you, you don't have to have a punchline for every little thing. No, some of the facts themselves <clears throat> are the punchline. Right, exactly. Like this fact I have next. So I'll go into like, oh, we're fourth in cultural influence. But uh, we're the number one seller of soybeans worldwide. We sell $22 billion worth of soybeans a year to other countries. You know what I mean? And that, that alone is like... I'll tell you what, that culture one... As soon as I read those four, I'd be like, yeah, because those three countries have the hottest women. We're fourth, guys. Like, I'd be throwing a punchline <laughs> in like that. Like, I get it. I want to find something every stat. No, I love it, though. Uh, we're number three in entrepreneurship. Uh, Iceland is number one in uh, safest country in the world. Um, but I go into how, like, but hey, don't let that get you down because 65 is my lucky number. And that's where we hold safest country on, on earth. So it's not, you know what I mean? I just. Oh, no, I love that stuff. That's awesome. But my thing is with that one is like, I know I get like, to me, it's like, okay, I think that's funny, but there's got to be another way I can deliver that. And there's got to be another way I can present that where more people are like actually laughing and I just be like, wow, that's actually like a funny fact. Cause something can be funny and not laughable. You know, like you could read that fact and be like, wow, that's actually really like genuinely funny, like to the point where I don't want to laugh. And that's where I like something like, wow, that's just so good. I have to recognize it right now and not even laugh about it. I love it. So when you are trying to figure out a room, yeah, do you have a certain set of like five jokes that you'll tell to kind of gauge where the room is to know what angle you're going to take? Yeah. So when I do my three to five minute set, you know, there's probably three, four, maybe even five jokes total in it. So what I do is I'll kind of throw in like, hey, this one's a little more fucked up or has a fucked up part of it. And I'll throw it in there. And based on that reaction, I actually did this last week. Um, based on that reaction from that joke, I'll see if I'll tell like a really like kind of, whoa, why don't you chill the fuck out kind of joke. So like for, for what I have is like I talk about how my pickup lines are just withering away to nothing. You know, like it's just they're going downhill. And I, you know, bring up how it's m much like my erectile dysfunction. You know, it's just going down from here. And um that's just part of the joke, ladies. Uh, <laughs> let me just throw that out there. <laughs> We're not cutting that out, Justin. Keep that in there. <laughs> Trying to limit the field. Right. So, like, and I'll talk about that. And, like, I'll tell them, like, 
And I actually got like torn apart by a host because I, so pickup lines, in my opinion, are a dime a dozen. I didn't come up with all my own pickup lines, but like, I hope no one sees it as like I had to, you know, like there's a million pickup lines. So to be kind of heckled for five minutes by the host, because I took one from, from a meme that I saw or something that just, something that I saw in the past. And I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I don't know where I got it from, but here it is. So like, I'll throw like, um. I don't even remember which ones are memes and which ones aren't or just something they came from. So, like, one is, like, um, hey, girl, you like whales? Fancy a humpback at my place? It's, like, a <laughs> shitty pickup line or uh, – oh, it's another one. I came, I did come up with the Star Wars one, though, and I saved that one for last, and that's kind of like the whoa kind of joke where I gauge it's like, okay, if they're going to wow this, they're not going to like this other one. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I was curious about you that. know what I mean. So like, mm-hmm. I'll go into and it's Star Wars, which is great. So like, I'll pretend to like go up to a chick and I'll start it with like, I actually had a drink poured on me the other day. I walked up to this girl and I go, "Hey, I'm a fully functional Death Star, and with your permission, I'd love to blow up your anus." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then she pours her drinks on her drink on me and walks away. And you know, really thinking about it. I poured my own drink on myself too because I hated myself after I said that. Um, but then I'll take that and like, I think about how like, man, like if someone were to say that to like my sisters, I like lose my shit on them. Like that kind of profan- like profanity to someone my sister's age. Um, but my sisters, no, they're awesome. They're really good sports. But the jokes I have about them are great. Like <clears throat> my youngest sister, she's really cool. She started dancing when she was like three years old. But most places have like a K through 12 program. So after she graduated high school, she kind of fell off from it and didn't do it for a while. But recently, um, in the last year or so, she started to get like way more back into it. She started doing like solo flash mobs and getting her into her own like uh, interpretive dance. Um, it might just be the epilepsy. But I'm very proud of her for it. <laughs> Keep the weed away from her. Otherwise yeah. Go yeah, she can't do any of that. <laughs> no, but like my, my sister has epilepsy. And then I joke about, like, I'll, I'll throw something in there for me, something that, you know, goes along with it. My brother has ADHD with her epilepsy. And my youngest sister, absolute worst. She has um resting bitch face. So she can't go anywhere. <laughs> worst i love it funny stuff funny stuff bob what do you got did you have anything written for him a joke to provide what do you got did you do any homework for this week well so last you week you told us that there was com- going to be a comedian on board this week and i'm like wow an entire week in which brian gives me a heads up as to who's going to be on the show and I, that i'm like that's so different for brian <laughs> <laughs> I like to fly by the zero pants around here. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it. It's like, what is a good act? What would be a good act? And I'm thinking, comedy is not easy. Comedy is no. challenging. It's hard to think about delivery, yep. topic. Yeah, um, Chris you know, Farley and, was great at it. And I, 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 I streamed through so many different things as to which tangent i wanted to explore and it's just like it's too much unless you're on stage unless you're rehearsing and all this it i don't know if you could really deliver it unless you have the experience and right and that's yeah and sometimes comedians will make up an experience to fit it like i like not all of them a lot of them 
just tell good stories and they're believable. I don't know if half of them are real or half of them are fake, but that's why they're so good. Like I have a fake story. Um, and it's the first one I ever written about getting pulled over. It was the, the, uh, be black and die joke. I was telling you, I'm working on right now. The one I want to refine more before I like actually perform it on stage. But I made up a story where I got pulled over by a cop and he goes, you know, license registration. He goes, you know, I pulled you over. And I'm just like, no, I have no idea. He goes, well, you're going to 45 and 35. You can't do that. I go, why? And he goes, because it's against the law. Like, you you cannot do that. And I go, motherfucker, the only things I have to do in life are be black and die. And that's why I want to work on it, because it's like, oh, a white guy's saying this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. people are, you know, it's yeah. like, it gets a chuckle, it gets a little, you know, extra air out the nose. But, like, uh, you know, I really want to make sure it's something that will work well. No one's going to get pissed off you know, after, so it's, that one's a, that one's a challenge for me. Yeah. And what sucks about it being a challenge is because I get how sensitive topics are. Race obviously being one of them. Oh, it's huge. You know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. the last thing I ever want to do is someone be like, that guy's racist. It's like, uh, you know, I don't want to interpret it that way. I want to interpret it that I find something humorous and regardless of what it is, I like to incorporate humorous things in my own life. doesn't matter who I heard it from. Obviously, I would never use something like that on stage and then proclaim it as my own because I don't want to steal anything. I mean, the pickup lines, that's a dime a dozen. Like, get over it. You know what I mean? Like, there's so fucking many of them. Same but with dad funny. jokes. But they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're bad. Like, pick, you know, I mean, they're bad pickup lines, but right. they're funny. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, At the end of the that's day, that's my little tangent. <laughs> we, need to, we need to be able to laugh every day. Yeah. We need to be able to maybe cry. If you cry, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. It's healthy, right? And you got to be able to dance a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Right, if Brian you do those things. And those are my three things, right? And humor has to be there, which means you have to maybe, maybe that boundary. take things a little less seriously, everybody. Like, right. things are funny. Like, even things that aren't funny, we can make funny right. to try and get through it a little bit, all together hugging with it's love and emotion. The reason I did this right because it, it helps you know i can right. make someone else laugh at something that was painful for me and that's fine you know i i wouldn't say it if i didn't want you to laugh about it it's funny yeah you know um like i got heckled once after i, I came off stage and this uh this gentleman came up to me he goes hey that wasn't fucking funny i go whoa which one <laughs> and he's like no, that, that's funny he's like but he's like shaking too he's like that epilepsy joke i've had epilepsy my whole life i'm like dude you're in a gold mine right now and you're not using it so he like tells me he's like epilepsy epilepsy jokes aren't funny i've had it my whole life i've broken three ribs and both my arms to it and i'm like geez bro like get a padded house. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want me to tell you about yeah, it. Like, and he goes, you shouldn't cannabis. say that joke. But he went up on stage and did stand up. And I'm, I, the last, you know, I would never tear apart someone for doing stand up. And, um, he gets up there, but he just, he didn't deliver well. It doesn't seem like he practiced, you know, he wasn't the best at it, you know? Um, but he gets off stage and I was like, Hey man, you should tell some epilepsy jokes. Cause last time I checked, they're pretty fucking good. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, dude, you you got to tap into what hurts. Right, you know, because people that's are shaking, laughing. That's what's funny. Yeah, seriously, that's a very good point. A lot of times, comedians will pull off their own personal to start. Maybe yeah. once they get going, then they have to obviously build off it. But a lot of it's their own personal experiences. It's the easiest thing to write about. It's the easiest thing you have in your mind when you're sitting right? at a table. Yeah, and that's like I've been trying to incorporate like more naval stories because I have good ones. I have one. Um, we were sinking like with a perp, uh, pipe burst in our engine room. 
there was like two feet of water on deck and uh during while this is going on we have whales swimming around us i have pictures of them um they're swimming around us and the navigator of the ship he's like he um runs what my dad did in the military like the navigator that's like his his job so like the path of the ship the current all that you know like weather everything and he's like including marine life and he's like captain we have whales 100 yards out like they're close to us and he goes i nav uh blade reports for whales i'm not concerned about that right now and he goes i captain and then he comes back he goes captain navigator he goes go ahead nav he goes uh the whales are getting closer they're like 50 yards out the the, uh, the captain goes he's like hey I don't care right now about the whales. Like we're we're uh we're trying to fix this pipe. It's what I'm mostly concerned about. And then he comes back, Captain Navigator. He goes, "What nav?" <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "The whales are." And then he's cut off, and the captain goes, "I don't give a fuck about the whales. We're sinking." <laughs> like, he's like, "Belay all reports." He's like, "Aye, Captain." <laughs> and like it. it it works. It's okay, but it's just being able to refine it is like my biggest issue. Just working on it because not a lot of people have had that experience in the military, so they're not going to get it as much. You know what I mean? But someone who has been, especially naval folk, you know, it's a little easier. It's great because it's a real story. Yeah, I'd want to add the twist that uh, the whale jumped the ship. The whale just <laughs> jumped the ship. Play all reports. He's <laughs> <laughs> just losing his mind. I love that re- explosive reaction from people, though. Like, uh, across the street from the bar I work at, Public House, um, there's a bartender there, and me and my buddy fuck with him all the time. We put Baby Shark on. Oh, God. Every <laughs> time he works, That's and we'll awesome. put it on repeat. We played it six times in one night. Oh, my God. I And he, you. we hear him from outside the bar. He's like, what the fuck? <sighs> like, screaming at the top of his arm. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, he's pissed. I saw him, like, punch a beer tab and break it once because he was so pissed because we just played Baby Shark six, seven times in one night in the course of like an hour. Oh my God. My Uncle Joe, if he wanted to try and drive someone out of a bar, he'd go play like four songs and you that person like in a row and then drew back and, blah, 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 <laughs> and then go sit down like the same song. Jesus. <laughs> that was just passive. My uh. Uncle Joe is the nicest guy ever, but there are times where he would just throw the same song out a bunch of times. Right, right. He'd be laughing his butt off. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jacob, this has been a great interview. Bob, you got anything else to add? This has been this is like a homeboy Baby episode. I hate hearing it too. My buddy will play it when I'm working. He'll be he has the app on his phone and he'll play it at my place of work from his house. And I'll lose it. I'll, I'll like text him like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Oh, dude, I never <laughs> thought about that. I use the app when I go out because I hate people's music, so I'll just take over a jukebox. Like, right. I would Dragonfly, <laughs> and I would control like eight songs in a row more than more than any one occasion. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never thought about doing it remotely. Oh, yeah. that is such a great. I know JD's gonna get twisted with a song. Oh my out. god, <laughs> JD is a, a, a guy, who, a bartender there who's been a very good, longtime friend of our family. Baseball player back used to live with my brother in Orlando back in the day, and he's a bartender. I want to get him back. Oh, I gotta figure out what please. song he hates the most. I'll figure it out for you. I'll <laughs> no, text please. you. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, from uh, from Jacob and Bob and I, we hope you enjoyed our little comedy episode. We talked about superheroes. We talked about the Navy, which was really cool. We learned about 
minds and the origination of them when we learned that Jacob maybe has learned his history a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, but other than that, this is a very great conversation. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to interview me. Uh, Social if, media for, for everybody, please tell them. Yes, I was just going to say, uh, if you're looking for content, I'm trying to come up with some more. Be out. If you go on Facebook, it's under Jacob M. Mara. It's a artist comedian page uh instagram is at mara m-a-r-r-a comedy um or you could follow my personal one which is mad dog mara periods in between the words um please go ahead uh follow me like i said me and my buddy plan to have a podcast out soon so look out for that we'll try to get it on spotify around mid or end of october when he does we'll make sure we put a little note about it on ours so we can direct traffic your way as well Perfect. Yeah. And one more time with all of it so they have it in one collective form. Where can they reach you? Facebook at Jacob M. Mara Comedic Page. Instagram, Mara.comedy. M A R R A is how you spell my last name. Thank you. You've been awesome. I enjoyed the talk. Yeah. This is a good day. Uh, It's fall, folks. Doesn't mean just because summer's passed doesn't mean we don't go out and enjoy and explore. Get out into nature, smell that fresh air. And enjoy the fall. Enjoy fall sports spice. with your high schools. Yeah, a little pumpkin spice. I agree with that. Boo. And if you're in Rochester, <laughs> don't hesitate to visit Dragonfly. The staff there is incredible. I believe Jacob is the newest member of that team. And prior to him, I think nobody been hired in the last 10 years or something crazy wow. like that. So it's like one of those places where staff stays on. I think Miranda's the newest and she was hired three years ago or something yeah. prior to that. So. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those places that uh, is really a good draw on Park Avenue in Rochester. So another plug for that. Jacob, you're the man. And everybody have a wonderful day. Night Thank night. you. Night night.